Hello, and welcome all to Nick's Nonfiction. Now or any time is a good time to hop on the train. No application needed, no shirt, no shoes, all service, no reading required. This is Nick's Nonfiction, hosted by yours truly, Nick Muniz, Denver's pretty boy open biker, out here spitting truth over the airwaves. I'm happy to be back for another month. This is already our fifth show. Happy May. Cold, hard winter is over. The spring is fully upon us, and it is the month of my birth, so we will be talking about the birth apparatus of the state. Murray Rothbard's Anatomy of the State is this month's topic, and it will fit perfectly into the flow of the show. For the newcomers, let's do a quick rerun of what we've been doing for this year so far in 2019. Those of you who have been along since the beginning, we love you. Here's a quick little refresher. Remember back in February, we were talking about outliers, a nice fluffy topic about getting to our goals. Next month after that was March, and we were talking about bullshit jobs and the tough drudge that can be the 40-hour work week, followed by last month, April, Why We Sleep, a fun, silly episode about the facts of sleep, and you all, I'm sure, since have fully embraced sleep hygiene. Sorry, you are about to get woke the fuck up, because it is May, and I have some truth bombs that are going to be falling all over your head for the next couple hours. This literature right here, written by Murray Rothbard, this isn't some Malcolm Gladwell, Neil deGrasse Tyson, or some British author trying to cash in on a quick novel every five years. Murray Rothbard wrote this during the counterculture movement of the 60s, when the Sedition Act was in full effect and people are being thrown in jail for their writings. His life is on the line for publishing this text and giving us this information. We are going deep. This is no fooling around here. (laughs) All warning signs are up. Proceed at your own risk. This is about to be the show of all shows. Off the preordained reservation of ideas that is approved by our society. We are blasting that to bits on today's show. So while the topics are going to be more serious, it's still going to be fun, but I have to put some motherfucking respect on this show and on Murray Rothbard. Murray Rothbard, hardcore libertarian in the times when it was God and country. He was one of the first descenders. This would have been me had I been born 50 years ago. He was just slinging truth around the country and this book has been global through this little 60 page pamphlet. Grab a copy, I will be suggesting it throughout the show. This book, chock full of ideas, every page struck a chord with me. I had to put the book down and think about how I never came across these words and these simple points that I feel like I've been trying to put together in my head for years, just years of angst, finally put into a well-structured argument. It's beautiful. So you're definitely going to see my rant side today. Already getting that warmed up. And I've been discovering recently, ranting is a very useful stage tool as well, man. Like, being bubbly and silly is very funny and is a good atmosphere to be around, but... You learn this even like when you're a dad or you ever seen a boss get irrationally angry. There's a point where it's a little bit scary, but then they get so mad. It's like, is this seriously what you're being bugged over right now? What's going on? (coughs) It just kind of gets to a point of ridiculous. And if you could harvest that as a stage tool just to be angry and rant. Why the fuck does everybody have to drive home at 5 p.m.? I should be the only one. 
no matter how irrational the topic is, <laughs> it's funny to see somebody get worked over something stupid. So I will be getting very angry, definitely genuinely, but a little fake outrage here and there throughout the show will definitely be spruced in just to emphasize how important some of these parts are compared to talking about Dreamland last month. We're getting serious. <laughs> there have been 30,000 Frenchmen rioting for six months straight in the streets of Paris. The least we could do is read Anatomy of the State or listen to the ideas here because we have been sheltered from them through our indoctrination in today's society. Ooh, a lot of trigger words I'm throwing at you already. It's getting juicy. So let's start this show up, baby. About the author, Murray Rothbard. Who is this mother trucker? He's already dead. Why are we talking about dead guys? You're probably wondering. Influential dead man at that. Murray was born in 1926, died 1995, and he wrote this book in 74. It was finally published. He said he worked on it, though, for years throughout the counterculture hippie movement, viewing what was McCarthyism then and a social scare. Let me give a little bit more of credit and background to him, as we're going to have to, because these ideas are massive and require some base of knowledge. And Murray has knowledge at that. He's Jewish. That should be enough for you guys. <laughs> One of Murray's biggest notable accomplishments was found helping found the University of Chicago Economics Department. A lot of well-published and high-earning economists come out of this school and is considered one of the world's foremost economic departments. Up till 2018 last year, they have a total of 13 Nobel Prizes in economics. It is a world-renowned school that he helped start ground level up. Something they teach at this economics school and Murray took to the logical conclusion fractional reserve banking which is a form of fraud as opposed to central banking which we have a hybrid system currently in the u.s it's just regulation from both ends this is just like a lot of government mumbo jumbo words i'm using pretty much right now i'll break it down into a really quick what are those called anagrams a is to b as b is to c sun is to moon as moon is to butt sun is to butt as butt is to tanning that definitely just made it more confusing for the preface but did you know the department of treasury where we pay our taxes is ran by the Federal Reserve, and the Federal Reserve is owned by the World Banking Organization and the UN. These are outside of the United States government who delegate where our taxes go. We're going to be getting much further into this today, so don't get too scared yet because there are some scary topics and we're only on the about the author. Where do your taxes go after you pay them? You don't know. Murray had an immigrant mentality, also why he was so successful, went on to study throughout his entire life and write books. He had immigrant parents, and he got a mathematics degree at Columbia in 1945. He was getting educated around the Second World War, which is partially why he wasn't shipped off. So I guess he found some loophole where he didn't have to go die in Germany, <laughs> get sent back to where his family escaped from just to die from the friggin' regime Nazis that the United States funded. Oh, yeah, that's crazy talk. IBM, they invented the punch clock during that time. They were funding the Nazis. George Herschel Walker, the oldest Bush, very close ties with the Nazi. <laughs> he was in the post-war draft when all the Nazis got thrown into NASA through Operation Paperclip. But that's deep. I'm saving all the conspiracy shows to come once you guys have your freaking white belts, your, <laughs> your entry level, your first little bit of experience into truth. And libertarianism is the first bit of truth 
truth to get you off of the reservation of left versus right, just as my fathers and their fathers did. Republican and Democrats, the meaning for those two words, flip every 50 years. Neither of the sides follow a firm set of morals or just consistent logic, whereas libertarian is non-aggression principle, property rights. That's all you have to remember. And then you can read books like this and go on to make crazy arguments about doing backflips on your roof like I've been doing months prior. So it's going to get really interesting because... This book is a framework. It's 80 pages, and it was written 100 years ago. Murray is predicting the future, man. It's a timeless text here. Everything he says is still happening and is true, and I have plenty of examples to go along from quotes that were thought up and written down in the 60s, just as true 60 years later. Where did Murray get his 10,000 hours? Why should we trust this guy? He received patronage from the Valkner Fund, which allowed Rothbard to work from home as a freelance theorist and pundit for 15 years, and the Valkner Fund collapsed in 1962. So this, very interesting to learn about he grew up in new york city this was just like a fund that the state ran where you could apply for money to educate yourself so it's like a fafsa it's a student government loan to not be brainwashed by a woman's studies teacher you get to go read your own shit and he spent 15 years as a freelance theorist doing some writing and reading about economics all the information is out there he was doing this before the internet i can very well see colleges going under within the next 50 years i mean it's propped up through the government so they'll never let it lose the veil of the white ivy towers how prestigious it is to get a degree meanwhile I, I don't know when this statement will have some value but every month reading a new book and putting together a show learning audio and video editing it's a very valuable compared to a college education in the world that we are turning into whereas you're just fucking you're learning to follow rules the point being maury didn't just learn to follow rules he was able to then theorize better rules for moving forward and so then after running the Volkner Fund dry, Rothbard was able to seek employment then at New York academic institutions. He was like, what are they called? Adjunct professors at a couple of schools in New York making money. And then he spent like 40 years at the Brooklyn Polytechnic Institute teaching economics to engineering students. So back in those years, the 60s, they had the engineering students learning economics as well because <laughs> those were the smartest people. They were like, all right, you guys are the only ones that have actually made it to this higher education. We just got to teach you all the smart people shit or i don't know shit about engineering and i'm just starting to scratch the surface on economics so <laughs> the 60s you just had a crash course of everything fucking thrown together within a four-year period and we still trust those people as doctors as i made the point in why we sleep <laughs> It was like a potpourri education, a Jeopardy category. You got a different something every two hours of the day. <clears throat> so that's our about the author. He's just a uh, New York Jew who was able to take advantage of some cool programs which let him free up his time to fill his brain with productive knowledge. Rather than being another brick in the wall, cog in the machine, another NPC, as people call him now, or just a, another casualty of society, man. <laughs> that's all what we're going to be talking about today. Maury's influences to write the book this was in the 60s like i said he would adjunct at many different universities in new york alone and he was saying back then in the 60s that universities were too fascist and did not let him talk about supply and demand <laughs> so in this bombshell of a book 60 years ago he was writing about the problems that we're having today just professors that are teaching communist economics and gender studies it's nonsense and murray realized this in the 80s and was like yeah i'm gonna breed some austrian 
economics. That's what he considers his base, the School of Austrian Economics, which has been around for hundreds of hundreds of years. <laughs> That's how the, the crown was able to study supply and demand. So he didn't like what was going on at the universities. They wouldn't let him in their little club of publishing books. So he had to go outside the traditional means of publishing and publish this book to actually make a ripple in what was a torn apart culture war America back in the 60s. And I'm ready to jump in. So we'll talk about what we're reading for next month after we get to liberate the ideas of Morley Rothbard here first. Buckle in, people. Say your prayers. Make sure your parachute is packed because we're about to take the leap. Anatomy of the State, Chapter 1. What the state is not. So in order to build an argument, this is a libertarian. Libertarians are autistic, obsessed with consistency, and building an argument that stands. So Maury starts this epic <laughs> letting you know what the state is not. And I'll give you a spoiler alert, cover your ears for a second. The state is not us. That's going to be his point here. So most people see the state as a social service, you know. The state is the person that feeds the poor and shelters the homeless. Churches reportedly fit more homeless in at night. A church by my house, one block from my house, I see the homeless people go in there on cold nights, whereas there's only like two shelters in the entire city of Denver. I have a joke about opening up the fucking nuclear shelters that we have in the middle of Denver. It's really weird about just opening that up for the homeless people. You know, we're not using it. What are you going to do when the nuclear blast radius is coming behind you oh my god it smells like homeless piss down there i'm rather burning the apocalypse maybe so is the state really a social service they're not feeding or sheltering the homeless private entities like churches based off of donations even beyond the 30 percent taxes people are taking care of each other even like potholes you know the state is a social service they're supposed to fix our roads you see the Domino's campaign in some of the poorest districts that Domino's owns pizza shops they went around town and filled up potholes that had been there for decades with asphalt with a little Domino's pizza symbol on top of it. And they earned that. I don't care if you call it graffiti or whatever. They're fucking pouring asphalt in the road where our government needs to be doing that. Oh, if it pleases the crown, sir, please fix the roads that I was taxed to build to drive on with the car that I was taxed to own. Fucking fix my roads, you cheeky bastards. You're taking our money. Fix our shit with it. Is the state a social service? Are they, uh... <laughs> I told the story about how my moped got stolen. I called the cops and told them, Hey, my shit got stolen. How often are small vehicles returned? And when can I expect a call back on the progress you're making towards my bike? I'm paying you. You're taking my fucking coffee shop salary to eat donuts during the day and pretend to patrol while you extort people for driving a mile per hour over the speed limit. No, start looking for my missing thing that a thief took. The state is not a social service. They are not looking for my shit. I would get much more out of hiring Nancy Drew, whatever eight-year-old is playing detective down the block, to look for my old bike than these cops who just laughed in my face. So the state is not a social service. What the state is not. The state, people think, is the apotheosis of society. We are the state. Hmm. Ah, uh, yes, the presidential correspondence dinner. Yes, clink glasses, say your cheers. What the fuck is that? That's not us. That's not a representation of a, of a blue-collar worker watching WWE with a six-pack of PBR. Nobody in America does that. Even the highest echelon house parties are catered where people are walking around in jogger sweatpants now because nobody has class in this country. I will give credit to Washington, D.C. They kind of try to make it set up like a utopia clean. The parks, the businesses... 
Meanwhile, most of the city is underground in Washington, D.C. Look this up online. I'm not fucking talking about mole people. All the blueprints under the National Mall are there. There is more, like, square footage walking space under the surface of Washington, D.C. And this is where the elites travel. So even the city, all the crack addicts and people making pilgrimages from South America to see the birth of democracy, the United States, our government and the people that are supposed to represent us don't even walk those roads. During a high school tour of D.C., I got to take the underground tunnel that went from the House of Representative buildings. I got to go in the, you know, the New Jersey representative's office, excuse me, senators. And then we went under to the Capitol building. It, there's these crazy webs underneath escalators fucking tubes like subways it's really cool but it shows how much of a facade this state really is oh the washington monument it is state level in 1776 feet high not really but it's all part of the show some people just see the state as a way to achieve social ends the state runs the media you know <laughs> they're supposed to give us our information even though if you know anything about press or have studied journalism the state and the press are supposed to be butting heads constantly they're supposed to be digging up dirt on the state but now they're all in bed together if you saw what was that movie with Meryl Streep the press while it was <laughs> heavily directed by the CIA and there was some mainstream shit in there that wasn't true the main part of the movie is that the washington post is lying to you and that was in the 70s during watergate so what you think the bad apples have been cleaned up everything's good to go now the, what we're going to see throughout the anatomy of the state is the more something grows the more opportunity there is to scrounge power and usually the more corrupt things get it's sad to see even the the Christian church, which does amazing goods, like I just said, they feed our homeless and shelter them more in America than the state. They have pedophiles. I was raised through the Catholics, man. I love them. But even some of the best organizations in the world have some of the worst shit going on. Nothing is pure. So we're totally throwing that out the window this month. I'm not babying you guys anymore. Nothing is pure. The state isn't pure. The state is much closer on the spectrum to evil than it is to pure. So that's his first point, mostly. The state is not a social service. It's not the apex of what society could be. It's not even a way to achieve social ends. And right now we see the state as trying to spin democracy as the most important thing. But what did democracy give us in the 2016 election? A president that most Americans didn't vote for? The popular vote. Most Americans did not want Donald Trump to be president. Some unelected officials, the electoral college. You have to learn about that in school. The electoral college knows what's best. They put an orange man in the office that most Americans objectively didn't want. I voted for Gary Johnson. Let me preface this because I don't want to get thrown in the alt-right or whatever category. I'm happier that Donald Trump is president than Hillary Clinton because we probably would have already been at war with Russia or some sort of no-fly zone over Syria where we would have had to shoot down one of their planes. And Donald Trump, while he's getting more corrupted every day to invade places like Venezuela, it's been a slower process than this full deep state Clinton bullshit. We did have a little breather here. 2020 is going to be a ride, man. I'm really excited to fucking broadcast that shit live. But the point there is most Americans didn't vote for our president. So what are you calling democracy? What are you holding on this pedestal? A system that doesn't give the people what they want? And what we do see, I made this point last month about how boycotts are more effective than protests. Hashtagging Women's Equality Day does nothing compared to actually not shopping on Amazon for a year. 
if 20,000 people did that, they would take notice to what you're protesting. They don't care if you hashtag Flint needs clean water. You should go shop at Walmart because Walmart has pledged to give the children of Flint, Michigan free clean water while the government still can't provide it. So money talks. Money talks in our government and even at your little consumer level. Money can talk. And it talks a lot more than your likes on Instagram does. So democracy is not us. Hang with me. Because we don't even have a true democracy as Plato and Homer used to write about. Man, this is sad. A direct democracy. We have the technology now. Everybody has an iPhone. The, the free market has given the poorest American iPhones. We can vote on our president without an electoral college. We can vote on an income tax. The, the, the New Deal, the creation of the Federal Reserve doesn't need to be shipped off in the middle of the night to be passed off. You're, you shouldn't be allowed to do shit like that anymore. Mr. Bush with the Patriot Act signing it at 1 a.m. in the Oval Office. No, no, we get to vote on that. Stop looking at our shit. At the end of the show, I haven't mentioned this yet. We're doing the Bill of Wrongs. Maury talks about in the book a little bit how even in the 1960s when he was writing this, the Bill of Rights was being deteriorated. The freedom of speech, you're watching it be deteriorated before our very eyes. Alex Jones is being unpersoned. Canada has things like civil rights court where comedians get put in jail or massive crippling fines for telling jokes. It's scary. That's happening 100 miles north. So these things are happening. We're doing the Bill of Wrongs. It's going to show you how our Bill of Rights literally fucking doesn't exist anymore. And it's because absolute power corrupts absolutely. I could say as many cliches as you want. Just try to get on my frequency here. This, this shit is really dirty. So Washington doesn't represent most of the USA. Most Americans are good people. A majority of people, if they see you lying on the sidewalk, at least in my city, will put their hand out and say, you need a hand, man? Why is your head on the concrete? That is unless you're homeless because you're not even helping yourself. So why reach out a hand to someone who's going to stab themselves with your nails? But instead, these 400 underground vampires in Washington, D.C., the Senate, the House, and some super powerful political action communities with influence there's so many terms for this the deep state the man the powers that be it's people with influence you see this on any level man every job i've worked at you're supposed to like throw out food at the end of the night there's always a black market people always wind up corrupt fucking trading things for money or trying to just hoard for themselves smallest levels biggest levels and these 400 people that spend half their life underground in washington dc that have never lived like a normal american in the midwest or, or taken a motorcycle around rural colorado they've only been driven around in a convoy of private vehicles we give them a third of all of our money and let them decide who should run us for eight years at a time it is totally crazy what is the state the state is not us Recently, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez said that we need to stop polluting. The New Deal I was just talking about that Wilson put into effect in the middle of the night, helping raise the income tax. We'll get into this much deeper today. Income tax didn't used to exist. You got to keep what you made. It started at around 8%. We're up to around 30% of our money gets taken away by the government every single year. And so Alexandra Ocasio is fucking pushing the Green New Deal now. She's saying like you're... you're cutting carbon emissions we're not going to be allowed to drive as the average american that's literally how you start a revolution you see it in france just raise gas taxes too much and people will be in the streets it's just hypocritical that she'll drive around a three escalade convoy and take a private jet from city to city or not just the environment and that crazy waitress that we're hearing about the jewish messiah bernie sanders <laughs> 
says he will not show his tax returns until he secures the nomination for the 2020 and he said in 2016 election so this guy who's running on the platform of i'm gonna take half of your money and give it to someone else he won't even admit that he pays taxes or shows us how much he's offshoring it's total bullshit man read a tiny bit more than the media gives you and you'll realize how much of a player bernie even is you're gonna see this if you don't see this yet with how crazy our media is and fake news and that two-year conspiracy they just pushed on you russia collusion it's all wwe so i think bernie is like the communist character in the wwe game uh then that's why he's kind of being kept out of wrestlemania which is the presidential election i grew up on some wwe so it's making it easy for me now getting into the political world full swing and uh donald trump the stars have aligned it's perfect for me he was shaving mince mcmahon's head when i was a kid watching it jumping on my couch what is happening a billionaire shaving a wrestler's head it's all part of the show. Let's go. <laughs> and Donald Trump is a showman. And you see showmen at the highest level take whatever the fuck they want. And he's kind of crazy for taking the bullet of being the president where everyone hates you. But that man thrives on spite and controversy. So he's like leveling up in there. On that and all the free KFC and McDonald's he gets to eat is just making him Trump of the hut. <laughs> Big old fat Java Trump. <laughs> Java the Trump. Damn, that was better. <laughs> So AOC and Bernie, to all these lefties are putting their faith in them. Don't don't call me a righty. I just called Trump Jabba the Hutt. All these lefties are, think, Bernie Sanders has got to pay for my college. He represents me. He won't show you his taxes, motherfucker. And this hot chick that they're trying to push on you, Alexandra Ocasio, she's she just lies through her teeth. If you watch her like live stream videos she puts out, it's all nonsense. I think I try to put together better shows and arguments and points here on Nick's Nonfiction. <laughs> But she's got the clout. You need someone pushing you. And I'm pushing myself right now. You need some sort of media organization pushing you. And at the highest level, they have that. They give out their campaign speech tickets. They fill the seats for you. Everything is done for these politicians. There's no hard work. And that's why they feel comfortable going and lying to everyone's face. They're not people. They don't represent us. Lizards. <laughs> the first time this term is going to slip out. I almost made it a half hour or whatever. Lizards. These people are psychopaths. You don't get to that level unless your only concern is yourself. Definition of a psychopath, you take in everybody else's information around you, but it's always okay but how does this benefit nick you always fucking try to meld other people's struggles to help you <laughs> they're taking bernie wants to take 50 percent of your money and pretend to give it to college students it's going to be hard to get that money through fafsa everyone's going to get fucked over i'm sure lies 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 get your bullshit detectors up people even on a smaller level though mayors used to just be like small town the farmer in your town and you'd run into him at the saloon every once in a while so there was some check you don't run into Alexandra Ocasio ever. She never has to talk to a real American. They're probably actors, half the ones that talk to her just to be put on CNN and shown her kissing a baby. Some baby that's making $50,000 to be kissed by Donald Trump. Nobody wants their baby to have leftover McRib sauce on its forehead after Donald Trump kisses their baby. <laughs> Like, state-level government is a little bit better in this sense. My town was 50,000 people growing up, so we didn't really know our mayor. <laughs> I went to camp with the mayor's kid, and he was, like, super rich. You know, we would just be hanging out. Me and my group of friends would be trying to make each other laugh, throwing dodgeballs at each other, stupid stuff. And then mayor's son comes through and is like, My dad has six boats, and I do international lacrosse and have a half pipe in my backyard. And everyone's just like, 
cool things, man. So you're, you're real fun to hang out with. My point there, even the offspring is a little off of when it's this high level of power. This random man in our town was ruling over 50,000 people, and it showed through the kid how much money the family had and how it made him a little bit less like the average American. So a direct quote from Murray to give him some more credibility than my freestyling. He said, we, the term we, is an ideological camouflage to be thrown over the reality of political life. What is we? This is the point of the chapter I'm trying to make. What do I, some kid in Denver, have in common with a retired couple in the Keys of Florida? Absolutely nothing. Should we be paying the same rate of taxes? If that rate is 0%, then I would say yes, but obviously not. They're not paying for a school system. There's a high school up the road, and I want those kids to be educated. So yeah, if it was 100% voluntary, I'd probably give maybe 1% a year for education. I certainly wouldn't fund the military-industrial complex, but that's why you, you never get to see your tax money. It's just sucked out before you ever get to see or have any say where it goes. We have cell phones. I could very easily allocate where I would like my tax contributions to go but it has to fund the war machine. So we is just an ideological camouflage. Easier example, some guy in Texas on a farm has nothing to do with some Seattle beanie-wearing douchebag who smokes in public and carries his typewriter to coffee shops. They are total different ways of life. They should obviously be different nations because they want to abide to different laws. As soon as you set up a state, there's a 51% and a 49% that aren't happy. That's a deeper point we'll be getting to. So the easiest way to control humans is once they're in a group. And we is the ideological camouflage. Once you have a we, you can rev them up to fight another we. You have another state that now justifies your activities and justifies violence against them. Here's an example. If that fucking Jesse Smollett thing, which was pushed by all the mainstream media knowing it was fake, if that turned out to be true and they weren't forced to redact their news due to the truth of the internet exposing this, there could have been Ferguson-level race riots, man. What? 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 How is nobody going to jail? How is Anderson Cooper not being taken out in fucking handcuffs for trying to push a fake story that would have caused years of dissent between race? I have a very hateable white face. I would not have been looked at the same for weeks if the truth wasn't exposed. Scary, man. Very scary how gullible we are and will go along with the narrative that we like. Black man wants a sandwich and winds up with a noose around his neck. Ooh, easy. Too easy, man. You bit and you got caught like a fish. You could see it on some people's Facebook still the night of. Hashtag justice for Jesse. Jesse Smollett will be free and justice will be had. You're a puppet. You're like a Russian government puppet for the next election. You're just as bad. You're just a mouthpiece for the state. You're an echo. It's disgusting. Have original thoughts. Write them down and make it into a podcast and a YouTube video. It's definitely harder, but that's real information point there south carolina the most heavily militarized state in the nation has nothing to do with california who wants to secede and let people in san francisco piss and shit in the streets fine leave do whatever you want south carolina fine leave go to war with south america you could probably take them but stop taking my money to do that if you are doing one plus one plus one the logical conclusion is already leaking out of the bottle so what the state is not the state is not us what the natural end to government power and it's the last chapter as well 
government power is very closely tied with social rule. And if you own two, then you own the entire populace, which is why it's scary how five organizations own, censor, and run all the media right now. And then there's big number six, Nick's nonfiction. <laughs> and so the natural ends to the means of this power is mainstream thought. If you had all the power in the world, you would want everybody to think like you. For these giant, powerful, warring governments, that's a very enticing thought to get everybody on the same page. But even the idea of a state here is a bit logically flawed because, A, I'm saying about you have to establish a we first, and when the we is too big, 300 million people, and there's too much infighting because the people aren't that much alike... You have to do some crazy mental gymnastics to convince yourself that you are still one real nation. And the way they do this is through dispersed burden. Murray was talking about this in the fucking 60s. Dispersed burden. It's saying we all owe it to ourselves as Americans to clean up Chicago, to make the Middle East a better place. We owe it to ourselves as a state. We all have to take responsibility. But how? How is it my fault? How is it anybody on the East Coast who didn't directly move out to Illinois explain how it's anybody's fault that there is a third world scab war zone in the middle of Illinois, which is the south side of Chicago, which accounts for almost half of the murders in America, a country of 300 million people. These people creating their own war environment amongst law-abiding families, saying that all, even breaking it down to all Chicagoans there, I'm making it easier then, all Chicagoans are uh, dirty scumbags who are shooting each other to death. No, the guys that are on the north side playing the game of finance and paying taxes are making individual choices just as the people on the south side who wind up selling drugs are. It's obviously much harder to get out of a hole that you're born into, and I have the biggest amounts of sympathy. I'm obviously not just saying, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's a fucked up world we live in. And yeah, man, if I was born on the south side and someone was offering me a fat booty bitch, some cocaine and an AR-15, I'd probably be slinging dope and have done a couple stints in prison by now. Anybody is susceptible to these things, no matter what your roll of the dice is here on Earth. What you do with that, though, is the hard part. It's easy to say you can make it out of the gutter. It's easy to say you could lose it all as a millionaire. But it's all based on these, like I'm saying, we're all just fucking individuals making choices. So even grouping the entire city of Chicago together is false. You're you're generalizing. Like, people don't take things to their logical conclusion in... in <laughs> In uh, universities, they'll go, you're generalizing if you talk about women. If you talk about women, you're going to hurt their feelings. They're powerful. If they're so powerful, then you would be able to criticize them. <laughs> this is the women aren't funny argument Anthony Cumia would make. There's a hint of truth to this that a lot of women think they're funny but have never had to actually sit in the bomb of theirs because everybody, you know, it's the bubbly personality. Oh, you're so cute. You go, girl. We'll laugh at your joke for you. No, you got to sit in the bomb. You got to eat shit sometimes. So it's hard. It's all just based on individual decisions. And most people are more easily influenced than others. So it's easier to, you know, herd them, push them in a little right direction where they think their decisions are theirs. And we're going to acknowledge that today if we're going to have a legitimate discussion. But then you would also have to say if you're having a real discussion and being rational and not using the shade of feminism like I was just talking about. That's what I was trying to say. There's a hint of truth to it. Since most women have, haven't had to eat shit and sit in those bombs, it would be hard, borderline impossible, to know when what you're saying isn't 
worth other people's ears i don't know there's a great value in eating shit on stage just as there is walking off from a crowd that you hypnotized like some people say you learn more from your failures i guess is the point here so when a kid gets arrested for his first time on the south side it should be his time to learn from the mistakes there has to be a level of responsibility if you want to have a free society. So it's all part of this mental gymnastics of saying we're all the same we, and but you have to help the we that's not helping themselves because you are the we that's not helping themselves. I got myself a degree. I was unemployed for a while. I'm making a little bit more than when I started at minimum. Can the people who only decided to sell drugs and listen to trap music say the same? Extrapolate. And so that's a common example of dissenting from the common thought of not doing school, secondary school, debt for 30 years, job 40 years, married, retire, death. If you want to go into the gang life and not work a nine to five, that is our right now example. But Murray was saying in Nazi Germany, this was the same issue. It was a gangster to not go along with the common thought. It was actually considered doing it to yourself if you did not conform. Same as North Korea. If you kill yourself, they kill your family because you're saying, oh, you did it to your family. You poisoned your bloodline. But in Nazi Germany, they said if you had an independent thought, there's nothing wrong with that. It's You just have to fucking suppress it. It's 1984 world. This is what we're going to. And this is why, you know, most men live lives of quiet desperation. Stop silencing yourselves. Read literature you want to. Talk about things you want to. And when you don't and you conform to what the government is saying, listen to one voice. Don't let Nick hashtag mansplain made up word for two hours at a time. If you didn't conform in those days, it was considered suicide. So if they were saying, Muniz, go kill those Jews over there, they uh, tried to steal bread from the fucking cafeteria. I have to go over and shoot those innocent, or uh, they're not considered innocent because the state set up laws saying they're not. I have to go shoot these fellow humans in the head because of groupthink. And if I didn't, then my buddies, my soldiers that I just grew up with for the past 22 years, they shoot me in the head if I don't shoot those people. And then when I'm lying dead on the ground, they take my body to the <laughs> to the general and go, yep, yeah, Munis committed suicide. He uh, didn't follow orders. Orders are considered your thought. It's groupthink. Do you have mental autonomy? Obviously not in these extreme examples like Nazi Germany or the one that I just gave before. So slippery slope, independence is the best. The more podcasts about crazy shit out there the better if you want to go listen to someone talk about knitting after this you might have to to decompress but we need these truthful important ideas to be in the marketplace of ideas and to persist and not be silenced because there's a word for it in france he called it we have it later it's just a word saying that you have to revolt every 30 or so years you need a political act of unrest to show the government that you're not their bitch and we've totally lost that in america and we need that to exist in the marketplace of ideas and when it gets totally cleaned out from the marketplace of ideas like they were able to do in Nazi Germany, it leads to brainwash society, or as you see today in North Korea. People like to be indoctrinated and brainwashed. If that is your birth apparatus, if that is all you ever know about, you're happy within there. A rat doesn't know how good his cage could be, he only knows how good it is. So let's end that part one with a quote here about how the government is not us. 
Murray says, we must therefore emphasize that we, in quotations, are not the government. The government is not us. The government does not in any accurate sense represent the majority of people. The argument I alluded to before. But even if it did, even if 70% of the people decided to murder the remaining 30%, this would still be murder. It would not be voluntary suicide on the part of the slaughtered minority, just like the Nazis. No organistic metaphor, no irrelevant bromide that we are all part of one another must be permitted to obscure this basic fact. Since there is a state setup, it justifies killing Eric Garner for fucking selling loose cigarettes on the corner. It's illegal, man. You're not allowed to be selling loose cigarettes, so we're allowed to take you downtown. And then, oh, you're, you're resisting arrest? You're humanly resisting someone trying to put you in a fucking cage? You just got choked out and killed. Rest in peace, Eric Garner. <laughs> those those civil servants those cops are obviously not a representation of his community this government is not a representation of us and it has totally gotten out of our hands to reiterate murray we are all individuals acting on independent thought and like i said many people are more influenceable than others and who gets to the influenceable people first the state through education the state is the private group that maintains a monopoly on the use of force this is one of the thesi, thesi, theses of the book. State means monopoly on use of force. In the market, in the streets, overseas, state is the only person that can take action. Nobody else can say, give me a third of your money, or if you fail that audit, I'm going to send a couple guys with guns to come after you. Or I don't like that plant you use, I'm going to put you in a cage in my basement. And Murray ends the chapter saying that we are going to need further elaboration. Yes, sir. Let's go. So what was that chapter about? The state is not us. Elected officials, our democratically elected president, lost the popular vote. If that's not enough of an argument, then you're delusional because that's fucking truth I just threw at your face. So accept it or walk around with egg on your head like the average American is. Just giving away a third of their money and thinking that they're free. At chapter one in the books, we have a base. We know what the state is not. The state is not us. So Murray moves us into this next shorter chapter, letting us know what the state is. In two words, the state is a redistribution mechanism. The state does not produce anything unless you're in Soviet Russia and you give total seize the means of production, comrades. If you are a communist society, then you give total control of bread to the government and people starve, you know, mo government, mo problems we're learning. But in normal society, in the best functioning society we found so far, a capitalist society, man, just as we've always been, man is what's in control of the means of production. <laughs> and so then what does the state do? The state is the redistribution mechanism. So let's hit this quote. Man is born naked into the world and needing to use his mind to learn how to take the resources given to him by nature and to transform them, for example, by investing in capital into shapes and forms and places where the resources can be used for the satisfaction of his wants and the advancements of his standard of living the only way by which man can do this is by the use of his mind and energy to transform resources production and to exchange these products for products created by others man has found that through the process of voluntary mutual exchange the productivity and hence the living standards of all participants in exchange may increase enormously so the only natural course for man to survive throughout all of nature was production and exchange 
you would either go catch an animal for yourself to eat or you would collect berries all day and then trade some berries for jerky from some 300 pound gorilla man who's able to kill a lion not everybody was able to do that in these tribes not everybody was a hunter you had to be able to bargain you had to be able to trade and this is what men have been doing for millennia and the state is the redistribution mechanism free trade i talked about this in the first ever episode it was about how swordsmiths they all had a standard for the craft you had to meet the certain blades to be able to consider to trade with the other people or they didn't fucking recognize you they thought you were a hack and they wouldn't let you be part of the trade but at that time the clergy came in and absorbed the blacksmiths to be part of the nobles but at this time you know even talents or high level like entrepreneurs the tech ceos are being corrupted jeff bezos elon musk jack dorsey from twitter all of them are in the pockets of the government now scary stuff we'll get into that part deeper but just like that quote as a man a human being that's put on this earth we have seven billion other brothers to share it with now all you can do here is mix your labor with the resources at your will to try to make something of value and uh, the government does not do that they try to represent your value and they try to redistribute the value and throughout classic philosophy and literature which is what this book is based off of a lot of john locke and some of those other founding fathers a lot of plato you find throughout history the more mutual exchange the more the more quality of life goes up for those people like they used to say where goods cross borders bullets do not or projectiles whatever they had swords at that time if you're trading with another group of people you're not going to decide to destroy them because you need to trade because it's mutually beneficial sometimes i value six dollars more than going to the grocery store buying beans cheese tortillas sometimes i value trading my six dollars for a burrito <laughs> I shouldn't have to pay sales tax on wanting to go buy a burrito <laughs> because Chipotle gives their food to homeless at the end of the night. So where is that money going? It's not going to help the homeless. They're already doing that. There's no de there's no dead homeless people on the streets. That's only when they overdose from drugs. No one's starving to death in America. So the state is a redistribution mechanism of what man can do, which is mix labor and natural resources to create individual property that was one of john locke's equations labor plus natural resources equals individual property okay this is just an easy fucking equation that america was built on and one of our founding fathers tried to put into the founding of our nation which the bill has been the bill of rights has been totally corrupt by now so the economic means sector leads to an incentive of siphoning off money just being the middleman in any sort of job you're able to see where corners are cut and where you could cut a corner for yourself it's like how Bank of America and JP Morgan Chase make most, most, this is a bank, this is a multi-billion dollar organization, they make most of their revenue off of late fees. It's a debtor's prison. It's just like the banks in America on the largest scale. It's the oldest playbook. It goes back to the Bible. The debtor is always in debt to the prison. So if, if you convince a 17-year-old to take out a student loan and be in debt for 20 years you own that person for 20 years and jp and jp morgan and chase they know how lazy humans are and they make most of their money off of debting you it's it's so fucking disrespectful and it's so see-through if you like to keep track of your money think about the wealth generation where do you think the point zero 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 three percent return that you get from a bank saving account comes from yeah that garbage sign up for a savings account today and you'll start getting interest if you get one late fee, 
that negates 10 years of me putting my money in your bank. You are murdering me more than you're giving me any interest when I leave my money in your mob. And if you even have a little bit of incentive over the average American, oh, I'm just going to stow my money with JP Morgan. It's a big name, so I trust big names. That's one of the easiest human brain shortcuts that is exploited by large corporations. We learned about that in mass media communication. It's an ide ideological shortcut. It's just branding. But for me, at a cost of craziness, I try to optimize. And I put my money into the market from last March through this. It's been a little over a year I've had started saving in the market rather than in a bank. I made 10% of my money back. I put around 600 bucks in for the year, and I was up at around like 770 towards tax time. And what bank could I have put my money in where I would have made 10% return for playing it safe? that doesn't exist i'm not advising anybody to blindly get involved in the stock market because it is a casino you are gambling you have to invest safe and know how to cut your losses when you're losing you know if you're invested in low-risk cia funded companies the game is rigged to be safe for confidence in the american dollar so if you're investing in apple at&t gm your money's fine Put it there and you're going to make a lot more interest than using a fucking bank account who's going to be murking you for late fees anyway. You just have to have the initiative to invest. If you invest, the money is more so in your hands. You can move it around where banks are one of these redistributive institutions. It's trusting someone with your money when you don't know what they're using that money for. You saw with JP Morgan and fucking Goldman Sachs, they were using your money to help fund Barack Obama's campaign in a super PAC. So while I'm putting my money away, my retirement, they're playing actress and Lottie Dobb with some young black Jesus that they can prop up to sell to Americans. And it worked. They got the return on their investment. So, JP, so your money was safe in that risk, but 2008 collapse it could easily go just as sour it's like how the bankers these crazy gigantic multi-billion dollar banks with no face are a very very new thing and this is why they're growing exponentially as well when you used to put your money in a local bank or let's go further back in the 1800s you would go back down to that saloon and see your banker and you'd be like bruh i gotta take out four grand i got a grandma coming into town we gotta set her up at a new place and your banker would be like yo i'm not good for the four grand and you'd be like what the fuck are you talking about you're not good for the four grand that's my money give it to me before i come to your house and kill you and and so the guy would have to be like all right yeah, yeah you're good for the 4k i got you it's your money just hold tight they would figure it out whereas my account will be on hold with bank of america for four hours while i talk to robots and people being paid nine dollars an hour to transfer me to another department it's fucking miserable i can't point a gun in someone's face and say give me my money when it's my money to begin with i, I kind of like that anarcho-capitalist older america the wild west we're in denver baby the birthplace of the wild west you ever hear that theory that time is all happening at once everything is just overlaid that's the explanation for paranormal activity activity and shit i'm sucking the energy of the wild west out i'm taking all that shit and bringing it with me nick's nonfiction. we're revving up what is the state is a redistributive system like banks and super PACs. so what do i like here mutual human trust not me versus a bank of telemarketers army murray talks about how the state is a systemization of not just redistributing money and economic control in the market like we just went over the state also talks about redistributing land and 
I heard a creepy stat recently about the amount of assets stolen by burglars in America. So scary stuff, right, guys? People breaking into our homes. <laughs> Burglary made up for $2 billion of assets last year alone. $2 billion of people's shit got stolen by people with worse lives. Civil asset forfeiture, which is when the government arrests you, they can take whatever you have on your person. If your house gets raided, they could take your laptop, your sound system, and this happens all the time. This doesn't even include eminent domain of land, which is when they're building a highway and they just take your shit. Civil assets alone, $5 billion. So the government takes 250% <laughs> more shit from americans than criminals okay there's some numbers about how the state is a redistributive mechanism even when you don't give them your taxes so theoretical consent this is definitely not consent they are taking your shit and this pisses me off i don't like being taken advantage of i've said this in the past i used to be a young republican for this very reason because i worked at a oh some people just got shivers young republican Ooh, the views of a young virgin <laughs> i was a cool young republican though i worked at a shop right so cool and i would see people poor people come in with their ebt cards which is a preloaded card with food stamps on it but it's literally just a debit card these people would bring around and throw down condoms cigarettes some of the best meats in the store and throw down their ebt card and me this 16 year old looking them in the face making seven dollars an hour six dollars an hour after taxes so that extra dollar that i'm losing while ringing this motherfucker up that dollar is buying his condoms and chicken it got me pissed off, man. Even in my 16-year-old brain, this shit wasn't adding up. I was like, there needs to be more checks and balances if we're going to have this system. You can't just fucking give people money if we're actually going to pretend that this system is going to work. Which it isn't. <laughs> I would take my $6 salary and buy a 30 cent apple which had probably contributed to my eating disorders and body dysmorphia because i wasn't taking food stamps i probably should have just so i could have had a nice ham sandwich during my lunch but this shit adds up you know so i saw the inconsistencies at 16 years old i'm making shit for money getting college loan payments sent to me at 22 years old and still being taxed at 30 percent if there was ever a time for a tax break it would be now but you better fucking beware america because i'm getting my shit together and these arguments together for the time i'm 40 who knows by the time i'm 40 that's 18 years from now. People always go, oh, would you start your life over with all the knowledge that you have? That's a dumb thought experiment. Obviously, everybody would. But let's take that and extrapolate it and move it forward. I have a whole nother 18-year life until I'm 40. That's the earning prime for men. Oh, the wage gap salary. Women make more than men from years 25 to 35 years old. So I literally have 18 years with all the knowledge I have moving forward to just not fuck up and learn more about how the government is wasting our money. It's scary. If there's an FBI agent right there right now, you better fucking write my name down or put a hit on me because I know one day I'm going to wake up to a red dot between my foreheads and then brains on the wall, but was it worth it? So here's a here's an easier thought example than having to actually ring people up for their food stamp EBT usage. How many times last year were you mugged at gunpoint? Probably zero. The average American, unless you are involved in gang activity or have a peer who is violent or a sociopath, you know, they say almost all crimes are done between people who know each other. So as long as you're not running in a bad circle, you're not going to get dragged in. But 
How many times last year were you mugged at gunpoint? A big fat goose egg, I'm wondering. How many times last year were you extorted on the side of a highway by a guy with a gun who was shining lights on you and trying to build anxiety, making you wait for five minutes before approaching you with the hand on his weapon on his hip? Does that example hold any weight for you? This artificial threat of criminals in the streets? Meanwhile, you get extorted for a couple hundred bucks for a speeding ticket a couple times a year or for a traffic violation? Some dickhead that's watching your meter go over because you had to take a phone call about how your mom's in the hospital and now you have to pay 20 bucks for a parking ticket wow that's such a noble pursuit you're doing man making people's life more miserable fuck you <sighs> hell yeah baby hell yeah baby let's get some of that rage flowing rage against the machine so let's finish up this second chapter what the state is a redistribution mechanism we got a quote here murray was using the example of Ruritania. So this is just like the example of a society where there are no rules. That I know you're all wondering, Nick, we need rules to live. I'm giving a lot more evidence that we don't right now than we do. I'm waiting for a debate or a counterpart to pop up. I'm willing, putting my voice out there in the in Coliseum that is the internet. So I know an intellectual debate will come about eventually. But for now, I'm stomping all over you with these points. Murray goes, illustrated as follows, in the hills of southern Ruritania, a bandit group manages to obtain physical control over the territory, and finally the bandit chieftain, sheriff, proclaims himself king of the sovereign, an independent government of south Ruritania, and if he and his men have the force to maintain this rule for a while, lo and behold, a new state has joined the family of nations, and therefore the bandit leaders have been transformed into the lawful nobility of the realm. So when the police force popped up and they were enforcing traffic laws, people hated them. The police force was heavily protested against in the 1920s when it came about. But as soon as they were able to print in the newspapers crime rates, crime rates are completely inflated. I'm a fucking criminal justice major. The DRC, all of that is made up. They would say cop stations don't want to report most crimes because it makes their district look bad. None of this shit is based off of the truth. I had to write papers about the DRC too. And they recognized that it was bullshit. Talking about wasting your time and, oh, that's a real education. You got a piece of paper. I'm learning more from this 80-page book than I did from a criminal justice degree. So this quote about Ruritania. As soon as an enemy pops up, so as soon as the police force was able to say, Al Capone, look at these Italian mobs. We need to fund police forces so that we can fight mobs. Well, meanwhile, mobs were just another arm of the government at that point. <laughs> Though, you know, Al Capone was working with the IRS. It was when he stopped working with them that they were like, and time for tax evasion. You're gone, Al. <laughs> So as soon as an enemy pops up, it legitimizes the first illegal state takeover. So as soon as we have another artificial threat, your threat is justified. So saying we live amongst a police force because, oh, there's crime. It's not justified. The logic comes backwards. It's like how I started the chop, how I started the chopta. Production precedes predation. The show Shark Tank. If some of these entrepreneurs held on for another two years, they wouldn't need to give Mr. Wonderful 20 cents on the dollar for every item they sell for the rest of their life. Production precedes predation. The state is this redistribution mechanism. It preys off of your human labor with the land. 
The state is not a social contract. It's based off of this exploitation and conquest of people. And Ruritania proves that. And we have a better base of what the state is not. It's not us. What the state is, it's a redistribution mechanism. It takes our shit and it redistributes it the way that it sees fit. So we got a bit of a longer chapter coming up here. This is how the state preserves itself. Have you ever heard the term modus operandi? It's just like a phrase meaning long-term, status quo. But this phrase modus operandi came from Latin royalty, lived through the language for thousands of years because that meant the ruling class will maintain status quo over the commoner. And every society that has ever been set up, except for some free state projects and hippie communes, failed because of corruption. Like I'm saying, it goes bad. That mainstream thought that I was talking about before kicks in. So the modus operandi, this ruling class maintaining a status quo, it used to be kingships. Oh, we would be so dumb if we had kingships still. We don't elect our leaders, so what's the difference between the castle telling us, Oh, these people were ordained by God. They have rich bloodlines and they must rule over us sinners who are born with original sin. (laughs) Original sin sounds a lot like social contract you sign when you're born. I didn't want to be part of this shit. Give me my money back. More it makes the point the modus operandi was strengthened because there were other kingships at the time so it just legitimized your kingship like i was talking about ruritania as soon as you can say mob criminal you are allowed to pull people over for speeding nick it's to keep you safe you know there are statistically less accidents on the autobahn where there is no speed limit it's because people fucking pay attention and aren't retarded americans eating big macs and on their phone you look at where you're going if there's no one around you go 150 miles an hour if you go off the road you will die but that was the speed that you were willing to go you shouldn't be extorted for trying to kill yourself and so they were used to say kings have a pure bloodline democratically elected leaders and the new modus operandi is democracy democratically elected leaders when two of the past six elections in the united states the popular vote didn't even go so that's a third a third of elections now don't even wind up the way we want them to and voted for them too and the way that you secure support is through vested economic interest this is why we see the government ties and fucking talons in the federal reserve are so deep and it's because they know more people get rich through trust in a market which is why i'm saying earnings reports are always fluffed up you got to have people have trust in the american dollar imagine next year there's another housing crash and people are like yo have you heard about australia you can invest a hundred dollars and make back 50 cents on the dollar right now everybody would take their money out of the dow jones and shit and be putting it into the australian stock market that is america's biggest fear we run the world economy right now the u.s dollar and the petrodollar is what everything is based off of which is why we're so big in oil the powers that be know more people get rich through trust in a market if you have a good society in the 1910s there wasn't this fucking giant monster all of us had to give a third of our salary to people were flooding to america they were like wow that is a dope group of people over there they're making new inventions giving people work building skyscrapers what are those things they're touching the sky in america it was free trade no holds barred come to america and get yours the real glory days not the 50s like the right wing tries to convince you was i'm not saying standard of living was better you had to wipe your butt with sandpaper i don't want to live back then but i'm saying the way that we treated markets and trade would benefit us even more today point we're trying to make right now is how 
how the government knows how the state preserves itself it fucking digs its claws into the market it's like this crazy robert Kraft thing sports fans i can relate to you finally <laughs> this guy who owns the patriots and Kraft foods so just a mega billionaire maybe i can't relate this is more back in my domain the ftc devalued his stock by like 15 percent because of a hand job my net worth would be negative by how much I'm getting rubbed down around town if they fucking can now devalue your life's work for getting sexual gratification. The the point of this whole Robert Kraft thing, like, don't just read the story. Try to read what bills are trying to be passed. Like, the Jesse Smollett thing was supposed to be an anti-lynching law, which would heavily censor the internet, where if you're deemed to be saying something hateful, they can ban you from the internet they're using these crazy stories to take away your freedom it sounds like it comes off crazy but that's the easy way to put it in your brain so now the fed is tightening their nail grip into the market now able to devalue ceos for getting prostitutes so you see it's just more power is being scrounged and now there's not even supreme court cases about this shit it's just the power is lost forever nobody's going to learn about it in a law class just on nick's nonfiction. but why does the government think this is a good idea oh yeah now we can control rich and powerful men brain blast men don't get rich and powerful to not get hookers or buy instagram models gifts for sex that's part of getting to that level as a dude you want it all some dudes like rob are just retardedly blatant and get caught his jack shack was next to a quadoba he was <laughs> he was getting rubbed down in a strip mall the only time that word actually makes sense i guess <laughs> he's a billionaire he doesn't need to be going to these places he was right to get caught but he's not right to have his life's work devalued and the only reason the government has to do this is because the average american doesn't care nobody's going to uninvest in craft the people who make our mac and cheese americans care a lot more about mac and cheese than random hand jobs we're not going to uninvest in in the grain production in america just because this guy's involved in some sexually heinous acts they're saying which makes me think i'm only scratching the iceberg now it's got to go deeper than that but that's all i got for us on this story it's probably deeper than you saw before the ftc said after that if you are involved in sexually heinous activities we have the right to seize your stock and take it off the market what the fuck that's not a free market they just have the ability to delist you now if you don't obey to the man scary so the state preserves itself by sinking its fingers but sinking its fingers into what into what the state deems is unnecessary it's this is getting into a framing argument everything is insider trading i made 10 percent my first year in the market and i don't know shit i'm a dumb 22 year old comic the only reason i made 10 percent return in a freaking downturning market was because i did research Maybe you can consider that insider trading. I won't say I did Hamzada trading. I won't straight up say that on audio because some AI will probably throw me in a prison. But if you get inside knowledge, you will benefit more than someone who's treating the stock market like a casino. They're going in and playing the blackjack table without knowing split on eights or whatever all those rules are. If you go in and play safe, you have a better chance of doing well than playing it like it's a like it's a casino which is what the fed wants which is why they have seized the power to blow the whistle and say insider trading you go to the penalty box when george bush and his gang invested in halliburton and then started a war and they made billions of dollars they didn't blow the whistle on that or when obama was taking campaign finance funds from goldman and fucking jp morgan they don't blow the whistle on that how is that not insider trading framing 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 it's gonna come up more this is all an information war spitting bars i don't even mean to 
you see the state preserves itself because the government has power to initiate force in the market unlike anybody else you would have to sue somebody then you're wasting your money to put on this legal battle where both sides usually wind up using by paying so much in legal fees but ideology is the cure to that nuclear truth bomb I just dropped. So if you don't want to be woke, this is how they consider you that insider trading is wrong. It's to perverse the power. I just let you know, the whistle is totally subjective. Ah, Julian Assange, he told us information that we don't want to know. That's a bad journalist. Arrest. Sean Hannity, he reads off the script exactly how we want Americans to hear news at the end of the night. Promote him. So this white-collar crime, it's a victimless crime. Unless it's a pump and dump, that's fraud, that's puffery, and you're a liar, and you're also stealing people's money for lying. So you have to be able to convince the populace that the ruling minority is good like they were able to do with Obama. Black Jesus. Everything that he did was good. Seven new wars, two thumbs up from the Democrats. Whatever happened to anti-war, left and right wing don't care about consistency. Fact. And while I I just admitted before I had to vote for Gary Johnson because I don't like throwing away my vote, I would rather show dissent than fucking... Uh, you're throwing your vote away by going third party. No. Maybe it's dumb because it's warning the powers that be that there is a storm brewing that people do not conform to the two main ideas and you're going to have to change your game plan if you want people to be brainwashed for much longer. Millions of more people vote libertarian every year. Anyway, I had to vote for this dipshit Gary Johnson. There would be a lot more people talking libertarian if this guy didn't blow it for us, but he didn't really blow it. He was framed by the media, like I'm saying, everything's framing. The big story was, Gary Johnson doesn't know where Aleppo is. It's some, like, battleground in the middle of Syria. And if you actually watch the interview, this was, like, a very crucial hour-long interview that was finally giving some exposure to a libertarian candidate and gary johnson goes aleppo what the what the hell is an aleppo i don't care where aleppo is why are we stationed there that's how we finished the quote he didn't just say what's aleppo i'm a libertarian and i think drugs should be legal that's how they're trying to frame it he said i don't give a fuck where aleppo is why are u.s soldiers there And then right after that, he talked about abolishing the income tax and increasing the sales tax. So he ran on abolishing this criminal federal income tax where these crazy Washington vampires take a third of our money. He wanted to say sales tax, the tax that goes to your state. And it's a show of I'm buying this product. This is where I believe our money should go. Sales tax. That could be a good start to an anarcho-capitalist society. He was making a very good point in this interview, but the entire mainstream media, nobody was really woke to the point that the media frames this hard by then, but the mainstream media was like, don't watch this interview. Gary Johnson doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know where Aleppo is. But he said, who gives a fuck about Aleppo? Let's bring the troops home and let's stop taxing our people. But they couldn't have the masses see this interview where he said this income tax is bullshit let's just have our money actually show what we want not to be used to bomb aleppo (sighs) so a little defense for the libertarians there and as i have to do as this chapter is about government preserving itself and the gary johnson is one of the only advocates you will ever see right now the libertarian party is the only party that's putting out candidates who will run on lessening their own power very counterintuitive right these people want to lessen the power that washington has but these fucking psychopaths who run for government i'm gonna be the best president ever everybody's going to vote for me everybody's going to love me if you are that crazy 
you also want to extend the power. Oh, by the next term, you just need to give me a little bit more power over the Senate and the House, and we will be able to build this wall. I will give you a wall, I will bring back coal mines, and I will lower your taxes. You are going to be sick of winning, America. That is a killer instinct. That's somebody with rhetoric who can win an election and a very good impression at that if I toot my own horn. But some dipshit like Gary Johnson isn't on the right frequency to get people to wake up to the very strong brainwashing that is in effect right now. So let's move along to the middle of the chapter here. We have a nice base about how now you see the government has its hand in the market and in the political pool of people that we are allowed to vote for. This is a pretty hard quote to stomach, so it's a warning. But, you know, you got to hear the truth sometimes. Brush your teeth, clean your room, you look fat. The truth helps. Maury says, For the masses of men do not create their own ideas, or indeed think through these ideas independently. They follow passively the ideas disseminated by groups of intellectuals. And the individual decides who your group of intellectuals is what this quote means i had to read it a couple times because it hits you in the (laughs) it hits you in the cerebellum man it's a truth bomb for the masses of men do not create their own ideas or indeed think through these ideas independently they follow passively the ideas disseminated by groups of intellectuals so maybe i put my trust in the media maybe i put my trust in my church maybe i put my trust in my parents most men do not go on to create their own ideas they just take what's already there and follow things loosely like i said this book is ideas that i had that i could never put into words but this is why i started memeing and podcasting this is why i started my first show man this is why i wanted to get on the radio i would look at around me how much people look at their phones how much youtube i would watch how much music i would listen to how much do you consume versus how much do you produce and that's what this quote is getting at for the masses of men do not create their own ideas so that's my media example but the easiest way i could break this down would be through religion and you see they give you a preordained moral compass jesus for some allah for others religion gives you a set of rules you have to follow so religion is the organization and then dissemination of knowledge just like murray's quote it's about how most men will not do any sort of thinking about why they are on this rock floating through space they want to be told by a church yeah god made you man you're going to heaven after this chill and sometimes that's enough man so religion is the organized dissemination of knowledge what sounds like that (laughs) secondary education or education education is indoctrination same as religion indoctrination into a cult let's use the real words of what we're talking about here fucking i'm dancing around it why do people join cults it's because they don't have direction and they don't have an ideology or moral compass that they're following so religion is just this organized dissemination of knowledge just like schools and education i didn't know what to do after college i was 18 if i had this knowledge i had when i was 22 i'd already have been on stage for four years and recording shows they would have been four years quality better by now but you got to do what you could do. I had a lot of fucking memorable experiences out of college and all that. They put me in debt. So uh, again, it's not worth it. But you see how when you set up an organization like a college, a organized dissemination of knowledge, you have very easy ways to take advantage of people through the universities. It's administrators making $800,000 for doing absolutely nothing and just benefiting off of FAFSA funds for kids that are trying to change their life. It's super depressing. It's just like that summer I worked at Student Financial Services. Puts you in a dark place seeing how poorly people are treated that are trying to better themselves. 
And so just like we found out Murray was saying in the 60s, these colleges were being infested with communist professors and gender studies bullshit. It's a way to get people to waste money. It's becoming more like a business, just like the state is a business of power and the initiation of force, whether it be in the market or in the streets. So as we see, knowledge gets corrupt when there's too big of a disbursement apparatus. When there's too many chefs in the kitchen, shit starts to get knocked over. So maybe it's good that men follow passively and men don't actually make up their own ideas because just reading the bible and doing what most christians do not reading the bible word for word and not wearing two different cloths not eating meat just following the teachings of jesus be a good person you're not taking up space on this earth as long as your moral compasses be a good person and that is most people thankfully imagine if all these people were devout christians though that would be bad the biggest religion in america is christianity that's why i'm talking about this it's in our society I'm some minorities going you're whitewashing the country you're not talking about mosques there's like 3,000 people going to mosques in America. Drive through any state in America. I've been through the Bible Belt. There are more churches than McDonald's in America. And that's a tough comparison. <laughs> we kind of lucked out that Christianity is like this religion light. Families look at the Bible as a guideline. Kind of like how people should look at laws as a guideline. I will defend myself. So the law says no drinking until 21. Never a sip of alcohol. You cannot drink. But if you're with your family sometimes, it's Christmas, they'll be like, have a glass of wine. How else are you going to learn about alcohol if you don't learn through experience? It's stupid. Yeah, never drink. Never corrupt your brain. Just sign this waiver saying you'll go die in Afghanistan first and then three years come back and have a beer. That's shady as hell. So I like the societies that follow laws as a guideline rather than you gotta live by the book laws need to be followed loosely and colorado is fully embracing this you can drink in parks <laughs> in the city of denver it's 800,000 people sprawling in like a 15 mile diameter so like you can't get to the rocky mountains unless you take a day trip you have to go to one of these parks and so people were getting hammered the hobos were out there and they had to waste way too many people following these laws by the book arresting people for stupid shit and colorado was like fuck it you guys could drink in the parks but if you litter we're putting you on a wall and shooting you in the head litter is some serious shit over here so they're like fine drink your beers but clean up after your fucking self and it works out there aren't people partying at 3 a.m in city park <laughs> there aren't like giant hobo conventions in city park there are in front of the state capitol building because they don't do anything about it because i think to a certain extent they have to show it's a problem oh look at all the homeless people put them in the shelters underground they will literally like the las vegas documentaries they have built livings in gutters these people will use our resources they will use our bunkers and create maybe a society where that works better than ours without money let that be the experiment for a future that we need to try homeless people underground <laughs> So let's look at the larger American picture rather than my Colorado examples. Speeding isn't for your safety. Like I did the bike example last month or you can rip it 150 down the Autobahn. Nobody dies. Less people die on the Autobahn than American roadways. It's dumb drivers. Speeding isn't for your safety. It's just the larger American picture. It's all about making money. So some bumblefuck town in Wyoming where the most profitable or creative thing to ever come into their town 
was a highway, this patrol cop, this highway pirate, is just going to extort people since this highway is the biggest source of revenue that's ever going to be in Bumble, Wyoming. That's how a state makes its money. It's not to protect you. Like the point we're seeing here, it's all about money. It's about how the state can preserve itself by reinforcing the laws. There's this term that the CIA used, which was dropped in the book a couple times, which was pretty cool, being that it is a 1960s book, so he was on the cutting edge. Opinion molders. So these are people that influence, like we know by now, most people don't think for themselves. The CIA calls them opinion molders, people who disseminate knowledge. And then they said in mass media communication, there was a term from this, opinion leaders, same shit. Now it's called influencers. Now it's cool to be liberal. <laughs> Dude, that's... All these influences wearing the future isn't white t-shirts and all this reverse racist bullshit that's normalized because being young and liberal is cool. Because influencers and opinion leaders and opinion molders are, a lot of them have deep state ties. I think young conservatives are the new punk rockers in today's world. Just like those uh, nerdy white kids who actually believe in fair taxation and um, not murdering babies in the womb. Those kids are fighting the brainwashing of society that is today. Those are the punk rockers of today. They're fighting the power. You remember <laughs> there's that part in uh, School of Rock I like where the little fat drummer kid or whatever is hanging out with the two girls and the teacher walks by and he goes, you're the man, Miss B. And she goes, oh, thank you. But it's perfect. It's a backhanded compliment. He's going, you're the man. It's a fun line. He would have been a young conservative had, uh, <laughs> had School of Rock been made in 2020. <laughs> everything's political now and so you see uh, opinion leaders all this type of stuff is changing as it was in the 60s the state used to value the family unit family dinner we talked about with the reagans now it values single mothers you know hashtag strong single mom hashtag i don't need no man i'm an independent woman well that kid needs a father <laughs> it's gotta be hard not growing up with a dad you gotta have some sort of figure to learn from for the better or worse and so how else does the state preserve itself? We see the state uses infighting. We know this. It's the one of the oldest common tactics. You just pick and you just pick a group and have groups fight against each other and then they're blind to whatever else is going on. Humans can't multitask. This is more of a social part about how the state maintains power. And to, all I can say is prepare yourself. So the state secures the system more by offering a secure birth apparatus. If you've never heard this term, it's what a living animal <laughs> runs out its existence in it's uh like a rat's cage or the small town kid who will never leave your hometown nothing wrong with that there's a beautiful life to be lived in every town in america but his birth apparatus what you consider the acceptable range that you live on and conduct your routines in that's a birth apparatus just like like the truman show the dome you see how easily your birth apparatus can be controlled okay implement a fear of water done this guy is going to stay in this little town for the rest of his life. And you see, okay, implement idea of terrorism. Americans don't want to travel now. Uh, traveled Americans, always anti-war. Once you see the world for what it is, you're like, hold up, we're giving our monies to these bankers to go bomb this beautiful country in the Middle East? Why? Good question. Why is a good start? And so just like before, how there are benefits to staying on the reservation of ideas. If you're a Nazi, you won't get shot. If you embrace the birth apparatus, you're safe. If we look at it at the most obvious level, the most communist we see our society, the military, they 
benefit you totally for embracing this state. They say you and your family have absolute security throughout your time in this military. Whether the dental care is shoddy or you have to wait six months to see a doctor, they say they got you covered. And that's why you see all these shotgun weddings at 16 years old for fucking kids enlisting. It's smart. They're taking advantage of the birth apparatus, which is the state that's providing them with these benefits. <laughs> at what cost you're fucking chained to this military wife for the rest of your incarnation you got to share your money with them now 30 percent to the state 50 percent to this chick what <laughs> as you can see i'm signing a prenup <laughs> but you see you can have yourself and a spouse i could pick any chick in the world and join the military not only that but the birth apparatus of the state is also able to offer you prestige as well and what other job in society can do this nowadays maybe emt you go dude i really think what you do for a living is respectable nobody else has the courage to do what you do every day walking up on people's brains splattered on the highway the government though they have this thank you for your service it's an obligation where other people in your society have to thank you for what you chose your time doing that is super enticing you know embrace the birth apparatus and you get this accolade too on top of money and security it's just like chicks man i'm realizing this more i'm trying to mature more i'm trying to learn about women more <laughs> they're you know, foreign species to me right now but like men are finders women are keepers i have a bit about chicks want security that's all they want and you see i've had gay guys come into my coffee shop and they're like these are like gay guys in nice suits who are obviously doing well and they're like let me take you out to dinner man i see you have a shitty life and i'm like i want a sugar daddy bad i work out hard i got muscles i'll let you look at me while you buy coffee keep on tipping bro i'm not fucking going out to dinner with you i've had a couple gay men ask me this everybody wants a daddy girls want to be taken care of that's literally why you fucking a chick will call you daddy when you take control and you're driving the ship for this girl they love that they just want security it's just like people if you can provide someone a birth apparatus that's a very enticing pitch to homo economicus your rational economic brain it's a safe play to slam dunk this prestige thing though how come f my favorite corporate project ever now i sound like a fascist corporations do very good things walmart was able to keep the kids of flint michigan hydrated for years they are still there because the government cannot dig a well oh we can do it in fucking kuwait but we can't build a well in flint michigan something's a little fishy there so these private jobs like the guy at walmart who is like Hey, why don't we use our billions of dollars as a campaign to go help the kids of Flint Mission? That guy deserves a Nobel Peace Prize, not Obama who bombed seven new nations. So this birth apparatus is a pretty deep point. If you're not ready for it, fucking skip over. If you are ready and you want to learn a little bit more, listen to The Wall by Big Floyd. I went deep on that album this entire month. Also, their album Animals. That one's a trip. Prepare yourself. Set aside an hour if you want to think some deep thoughts and hear some art, which I guess you could also consider music. It's fucking beautiful. Birth apparatus, what are you going to be? A brick in the wall or are you going to fashion a ladder to climb over? So the state also preserves itself through, like I said with the Ruritania example, we could breeze over here a little bit. Once another state exists, so once the first king was set up, all they had to do was point to the king on the other side of the highlands and be like, no, we have to band together here. You need to give me your money so that we can protect against those barbarians once they finally come over. And then he would go and have dinner with the other king and be like, you telling them we're barbarians? All right, yeah, we are too. Word, word, word. 
keep our people mad at each other, and then we could keep having chicken dinners, jesters, and sluts come through our castles every night. <laughs> and now even the common man has the ability to summon all that on his laptop. And so why would we protest? Why am I making these videos with the potential of being suicided by the government? Because I like truth and I'm a reckless motherfucker. You know it! And that's why I'm a good podcast host. Point of that part of the chapter though was just you were saying how your rulers are anointed by God. Those people in the other tribe, those people in the other kingdom, those people are birthed of the devil. We have to go fight them. So Christianity, I kind of alluded to before, Christianity is like a religion light. You get a free eternity if you can follow the non-aggression commands. And then Buddhism is like the premium version where you have to commit a little bit more. You're here for an eternity, but it's a soul of ethers. So if you can improve, you can transcend. And then in atheism, it's just fucking no helmet, no seat belt flying down the packed highway send it baby let's see what happens <laughs> and that's obviously not good if you're trying to control people tell them to have a family get a job pay taxes and die so Murray used Puritans as his example. Now we could look at Amish people or Orthodox Jews. But how it's so much more effective to install patriotism when you already have that fabric of a society draped over. Murray figured this out in, in the 60s and earlier. He was saying how tradition is an ideological weapon. Dynasties of China were huge on tradition. These are the longest running state systems. They would go on for thousands of years, the Chinese dynasties. And <laughs> I was thinking about this because for the whole month I've been thinking about like, all right, so how would I set up a government? How am I going to rule over everyone? Uh, that's the sociopath slipping out, I guess. I am a little bit. <laughs> I would bet you could really stop a revolting populace if you just added a couple more federal holidays throughout the year. Maybe that's why there never was any revolutions in China. It's because they have Chinese New Year's, which is like a nine-day holiday, and then they have like three other holidays positioned perfectly throughout the year so the people don't get angry and start to revolt in the middle of snowfall like we did in Massachusetts during the Boston Massacre. <laughs> just space out those holidays and everybody will be distracted and perfectly fine i guess to refute my point i could do this outliers we read about how the system of farming rice is much harder to control than feudalism so i'm thinking it had a lot more to do with that than their holidays <laughs> but i mean that's a good idea i just had it. if anybody wants to start a uh, dictatorship with me i got some ideas just make some good holidays tell people they're free and hey <laughs> we could be the one percent let me know. We could start a hippie commune anytime. So let's uh, go big picture a little bit, zoom out. Humans have always been in a state of this revolution, non-revolution, peace, time of war. And does anybody actually really think that 2006, when we big time air quotes, when Bush pulled out of Afghanistan, yeah, we are obviously still there. When he pulled out, do you think 2006 was really the end of war? Do you think humans will ever go to war again? Of course, man. So this is the fun time. There is no revolution. There is no war going on. You may say, then why are you trying to incite a war, Nick? It's because you have to go through difficult things to eventually have a better future. So I'm not ready to settle just yet. Another tool to crush individual dissent is that listen to thy brother argument. So if you're a Nazi, you could just be killed if you're not listening to thy brother because then you're technically committing thought crime against yourself. 
This is what the ideas of 1984 come from. If you haven't read that one since fucking 11th grade, definitely read 1984 again. It's blatantly obviously how we're living in that society. Humans are binary learners. You know, we mark the good and bad ideas. And so the government manipulates this too by inducing guilt. So just like labeling those people as the enemy, the state can do this with guilty non-guilty, felon ex-convict, conspiracy theorists, Russian collusion, or Obama birther narrative. So F both of you lefties and righties, the lefties for calling me a conspiracy theorist when two years you just bought into this Russiagate bullshit, and F you righties for calling me a conspiracy theorist for buying into this Obama was born in Kenya bullshit. I think it's funnier, dude. This is why I'm partial to the right there. <laughs> He's not even from America. <laughs> and then the left wing is just so much more contradicting. This is why I hate them more. Eh, Trump is colluding with Russia. If you voted for Hillary Clinton, we would have a full-fledged political action committee in Russia controlling who their next dictator is. That's all America does. We set up dictators all over the globe. And you're getting mad because Russia may have put up a couple Facebook posts? Okay, man. Obviously, your brain does not recognize contradictions because that is a pretty large cognitive dissociative there. So if you can induce guilt in other people or call them a conspiracy theorist, you control the narrative. It's controlling language. This is why the deterioration of the First Amendment right now is so keepy. It's keeping that magnus operandi we were talking about earlier. The pen is mightier than the sword. If you can control language, you can control people's birth apparatus. If there is no word for revolt or revolution, then one cannot exist. That's like a 1984 concept. And in more ways, the state just preys on our weaknesses to play on us. Humans are built to find an identity, and we usually just do that through finding identities through a group. I'm a Yankees fan. And so once the state has control of guilt, we control who is guilty. They say Trump accused Russia collusionist accused accused they're trying to make that a negative word but they can't say guilty because it's all a conspiracy they can only say accused every time they put the president on television and so since humans love identifying guilt that's why we love these murder shows and bad guy being found at the end humans are our brains are built for this in a tribe of 1,000 people one in a thousand people is a sociopath so you would have to have a keen eye if you didn't want to get whacked in the head with a club one day on a hunt and this is why talking in front of a group of people is the largest reported phobia it's because evolutionarily for the past three million years when you were talking in front of a tribe of people this is how they were deciding whether or not to excommunicate you and excommunication is death so transitive property if you were in front of a group of people this meant it was a life or death situation it's a natural position of defense being in front of a crowd so you can either let your nerves get to you and you know bomb sit there and just be like oh why are you all looking at me there is great negativity you can suffer or there is great positivity that you can reap if you have a good set if everybody's rolling with laughter and you just keep that ball moving you can reap the benefits of being in front of a group or the tears of people because when once a group is formed group think starts this is something i'm really trying to start to read more about trying to learn about comedy because it's not like being an actor you get a script you deliver the script and then the people on set clap <laughs> it's like a an art of mental manipulation it's kind of scary man the way you get 
get these people to just collectively you're conducting it's weird it's such weird shit there's no way to describe it go do an open mic even if you eat shit you're gonna love it man it's fucking addictive so if you can there are great rewards to reap from being in front of a crowd and if you're very good at political rhetoric you can drive people to kill one another by being in front of a crowd these crazy groupthink psychotic states that people get in these little psychedelic groups that you can manipulate when you have a microphone it's fucking crazy you could do it at a nightclub or you could do it at the 1940 olympics and get people to start a world war really cool stuff and so we're getting to the end of this chapter about how the state keeps its power we know what the state is not we know what the state is and we know how they how we keep their power now and one of the ways that they keep their power was you know they said the the church is ordained by god they are meant to rule over you your leaders are democratically elected (laughs) they are yours you want them to rule over you right and now they're saying this is a tough argument for me to make but i'm going big balls on this episode science is being corrupted maury wrote this in his book so i'm using his arguments as a crutch because he fucking predicted this a hundred years in the future so i'd be stupid to think i'm smarter than this guy who's was able to get a mathematics degree and study economy i can't do that so i gotta take his word because he's done the work democracy was and is the modus operandi that we are seeing being supported by super PACs and the government but science is the next ideology modus operandi the next church that we're all going to be like it's science are you a science denier you see this this is i'm out on the tightrope now you're probably going hold it fuck up nick's a climate denier but if you've been paying attention to this show so far you realize that climate denier all these terms are one of the literally cia fucking opinion leaders these are coined terms that get pushed through the zeitgeist if you read independent science data not time magazine which is owned by rupert murdoch and the five other publishments that we consider journalism independent climate scientist data say that we are between ice ages and right now (laughs) miami is a fucking city built on a sandbar obviously that's not going to be there forever i'm a 22 year old dipshit and i can tell you that the tide is going to wash back over there that's not how earth lives forever oh yep miami beach that'll be there in the year 4500 why'd you build a fucking skyscraper on there dunce but a lot of the climate scientists say that you know miami has their turn with the beach right now but eventually it's going to be up in like kentucky and they're going to get a beach too soon everybody gets their turn with the beach this isn't our earth we like to think that we affect it so much meanwhile we're only putting out little fart clouds into the atmosphere this is water world earth is 77 percent water the climate has been changing for billions of years <laughs> and some hot 29 year old chick who went on an interview to be in the dnc got passed and now can tell us we're not allowed to drive suvs it's a scientific point that's being used as a political wedge it's fucking gross they're wasting my science man i've read the big picture i've read super intelligence i've read heavens on earth i've read fucking biology textbooks man I love science. It's one of the truths that we have. Last month, I was talking about rectal thermometers measuring ball sacks in Matthew's sleep dungeon. I love this shit. I do not love when politicians try to twist climate science and say, we're all in danger. Bernie Sanders goes, our kids aren't going to have a world to inherit due to the fact that we're affecting the world so much. If you actually believed that Bernie Sanders, you would be on a world tour warning people about how (laughs) about how we need to change, not asking them to pay for your kids college. 
if you actually believe that and you're not lying to our face, your kid won't actually have a college to go to because he'll be dead. Stop lying. We are a part of something bigger here, people. Again, I feel a bit of a fool over the past years because I really bought in. I was saying, you know, there's a hole in our ozone layer, green pride, blah, blah, blah. I went and saw Jill Stein on her 2016 presidential campaign. Now, I mean, I did it partially as a school project, but I got to see the Green Party candidate talk about fucking tree hugging when she was running against Donald Trump. That was a pretty cool point in time. <laughs> I am very much for saving the earth. The government isn't our best bet. We are part of something bigger we can't comprehend. Do not trust a politician or a priest or some person in a lab coat to tell you they have the answers. Be skeptical. So how does the state preserve itself? By pretending to know all just like this. It's the only one that has the ability to initiate force in the market through this birth apparatus they set up. And if you buy into it, you're in, baby. And most importantly, controlling the narrative. Game's over if you control the narrative. And so we're moving along now. This is how the state transcends its limits. So we know what the state is not us. We know what the state is, redistributive platform. We know how the state keeps all of its power. But you might be saying, it's not even like the power's that bad. We have to give the power to someone. I'll use the cliche, absolute power corrupts absolutely. <laughs> Once you have a man in a position of power, it's only a matter of time until he's going to take his first cut out of your communal pile. Eventually, it's not going to go steady forever. People are flawed. And so is the state constantly transcending its limits we have a quote to open up this chapter i'll spoil it for you just so you can follow along and kind of try to apply the logic the quote is talking about how we try to put limits on the government like the bill of rights but the government is able to twist it and basically adopt the agencies that we put on them as chains it makes it part of it it's like venom it makes it part of itself it's a symbiote so as Bertrand de Jovenel has sagely pointed out, through the centuries, men have formed concepts designed to check and limit the exercise of state rule. And one after another, the state using its intellectual allies has been able to transform these concepts into intellectual rubber stamps of legitimacy and virtue to attach to its decrees and actions. So even in his time, government is able to very quickly corrupt its limiting agents and use them as agents of its own. The Federal Trade Commission, we are saying, was set up to catch things like Obama bailing out Goldman and then making millions from them the year later. But instead, they catch things like Robert Kraft getting a hand job for money. <laughs> so what's the fucking crime here? A sexual act has nothing to do with money resulting in his value being slashed. And the people, the market, should have to decide by investing and since it's kind of hard to develop a standpoint because I'm a fish in water. I'm already in this shit. So I'm a 22-year-old in 2020. And the state is already set up and I'm trying to like reverse engineer it and see how these people got in bed with one another. It's already happened is the point I'm saying. And so like we're supposed to trust the media as the limiting agent to the politicians, but they are already in bed with one another. As soon as the cameras turn off, Anderson Cooper goes and gets a beer with Sean Hannity. And then they together go to the press correspondent dinner and do a blast of coke with President Trump in the bathroom. It's all behind closed doors and they're, they all go, <laughs> do you hear how we trashed you real hard today? And they go, oh yes, it was quite smashing. I can't believe the sheep fell for it. <laughs> and they all clink the glasses and fucking sip down the fetus blood that whatever those crazy super powerful people get off on <laughs> just like that movie the press all these politicians are already in bed with the journalists so we're a little too late there 
you're gonna have to hope that truthful podcast things like that last podcast on the left i haven't listened to it but it's apparently a very big conspiracy podcast that's trying to be regulated things like that is how the truth gets out so not these not these media organizations that are in bed with our rulers it's tough just like the fact that we're already in water libertarians can no longer just argue for liberty or freedom we have to argue against resisting the state's invasions of freedom so my fucking argument is already in their framing i have to start from a government framed argument which is you have a right to a third of my money not hold the fuck up taxation is theft i just made that money and you you're doing what with it i have to try to argue from that point so like when you get into a debate with a lefty or something they usually get to state the framing of the argument i take it as granted my body my choice non-aggression property rights you're born (laughs) as the fruit of your labor your your body is yours i see my body my choice but you think you have the right to put me in a cage for putting a plant in my body that's how libertarians have to defend against the right the, the right wing and so you see it's much easier to be in the birth apparatus because you could just go you're doing something illegal and killing infants yeah that's a much easier point to argue from but i have to say mind your own business and that's a very and that's a more legitimate argument and forcibly making me give birth to a rape baby gross dude that's that's the craziness of the right and then you know we know the human the laziness of humans maury said it before most men don't think for, for themselves this is why 90 percent of people just opt into that birth apparatus okay i'll just argue from this point of view it's already set out for me i, I believe that yanking a baby out is wrong all babies have the right to life mm, it's gray man life is in the gray the woman has the right to her body but they should definitely be educated on the fact that they are killing what is going to be a living being it's both but you have to have your rights so you see how the government oversteps its boundaries there by making laws about abortion whereas roe versus wade gets passed in the 70s and the amount of crime goes down because people aren't forced to have infants they don't want infanticide has been part of human history as dark as it is forever and just taking that out we saw how criminals were being farmed because people didn't want to have these kids they couldn't have these kids and they were forced to that's how a government can overstep its boundaries you shouldn't be involved in a woman's body at all stop (laughs) the bill of rights the founding fathers knew this shit they knew i was going to be having to make this podcast because they would have had the founding father cast back in philadelphia it would have been the hottest show in 1776 the bill of <laughs> they all went and got drunk at the pubs after the constitutional convention they would have been doing open mics i bet they were just trying to entertain each other that's what it was the bill of rights was invented to limit the powers of government oh <laughs> this past presidential term i'm not talking about the 1900s we let obama ratify the bill of rights to indefinitely detain american citizens if they impose quote unquote a national security threat so now on u.s turf Obama signed away habeas corpus. You can be detained in America for looking suspicious. You can be thrown in a wagon, in a SUV, and bought downtown for looking suspicious, thanks to Obama. (laughs) And you see how they're setting up these FEMA camps already in stadiums. That's going to be us soon, people. It's not just immigrants. They're using that First Amendment to concert words hate speech. 9-11 videos 
are finally being censored on YouTube because they are getting too good. The truth is really coming out. I don't want this video to have to be demonetized and flagged, so I'm going to kind of breeze over. Watch Loose Change. Do anything you can to educate yourself on 9-11. That's a scary one that happened a decade ago. Well, I know a lot of people aren't ready to be woke, though. Fifth Amendment, no unreasonable search and seizure. I don't even know why we pretend that's in the Bill of Rights when the NSA is literally not even looking through our shit. They are live streaming our shit 24-7. It's a facade of rights. We don't have a Bill of Rights. Even when the people set up inalienable rights, a state, which is not a man, but an alien force, a state amongst men, will fuck those rights up inevitably. So if you have a little commune and you're like, let's not do this, once you give a guy power, he'll be like... I don't really like what Joey Big Dick over there is talking about. I think we need to silence him so the chicks don't like him as much. That's what's going to go down on the small-scale hippie level, and that's what goes on with a fucking Joe Biden inappropriately touching children. Just some examples of how the government just literally disregards our rights. The fact that the judicial branch is part of the government and not some external party is just a violation of basic judiciary principle. That's like... You wouldn't let a student's fate get decided by a jury of their peers because the peers, the other students, know that the teacher might have just been being a dick. So you need another arm of the administration. You need to be able to send a kid to the office so that this other branch, the judiciary branch or the principal, can be like, your teacher is always right. You have to obey orders. Now go back to class and you know you're going to have detention, but you have to act sorrowful for your sins. And so what did we learn? In education. Fuck, man. Not education, indoctrination. You went in that principal's office and you took it in the ass. I'm sorry. I'll be good. And that's what you do when your boss is reaming you out. You don't say, hold up, motherfucker. I don't need to be here 40 hours a week. I bring value to this company. I will bring my value elsewhere. Stop being a dick to me where people treat me like a partner, not as a fucking asset or an employee. So you need another arm of, of the administration, another, the octopus of global control. We're going to read that conspiracy theory book eventually. It's about how the government has all these arms and honey holes, but they have to just send you around to these other friggin' facades, this office, this arraignment. It's a part of, it's literally called processing. They're treating you like an animal while trying to give you the illusion that you have a fighting chance to get out of this. They already know what they're tagging you for before the judge slams the gavel against the table. Your fate is decided just like before you already get to the principal's office. You already know you have detention. So extrapolate. In society, don't break rules. You won't have jail time. No matter how dumb a teacher or how asinine the bureaucracy that the law is playing into predetermined structures will give unfair predetermined answers it's a machine the machine's going to spit things out on the other end it doesn't have a fucking conscience it's not an individual you're dealing with you see it all the time people with a lot of potential wind up in dead-end jobs maybe because it's the first gig they got out of college and never had the balls to be on their own and not have anything else and put themselves out there again and our government is literally that right now we were too lazy to rewrite a resume we are going off of this 200 year old piece of parchment <laughs> that people like mark zuckerberg have been wiping their ass with this is why i said a month ago that the founding fathers would be pissing on the white house they gave us 10 simple bills of rights 10 commandments and we broke them all
And then Murray ends the chapter with how as soon as you set up a state, we got to this argument earlier pretty much, but as soon as you set up a state, 49% of the people involved want to leave. These are called seceders or traitors or terrorists. However, the 51%, really the fucking deep state, the ruling class, however the 51% wants to call the losing half, they're the ruling part for the time being. You see this with triggered lefties now. Not my president. Well, when Obama was president, you were going, you like that, conservatives? He's your president. Yeah, it's going to come back to bite you in the ass because we have a stupid system. <laughs> the worst part about this, though, I can talk about fake outrage, but or Trump derangement symptom is a real thing, so I guess it's not totally fake. But this really gets to me in like the deep south how these kids these just like young white males who are jehovah's witness they're said you know just go spread the lord man you're doing a good job respect they are also told though that abortion is fetus murder so they have to be part of a society where a majority 51 percent vote that women have the ability to murder babies so that's a very hard logical contradiction for them to have to hold knowing that there's lives out there that they could be saving <laughs> but i don't feel too bad for them because that's how i feel when i talk about these wars all the time these pointless wars and that's obviously the most important issue it's where the most death comes from the most people hate us from and the most money we waste so how does the state transcend its limits as soon as you set up a state you're setting up a system to divide and conquer and this was not recently discovered this has been going on for millennia people know how to control each other you transcend your limits by distracting and saying this person is the enemy look over there the fucking hand of distraction they are magicians we are falling for their stupid tricks we got a two-page chapter here this was a two-page truth bomb though my jaw was on the floor the entire friggin time i read it this was what the state fears and I'll tell you off the bat, the state does not fear war. War increases the state's burden on society, but reinforces the power of the state. So, sucks to see your brothers get sent off to Europe or Japan to get killed. But, how much stronger of a nation did that make World War II? Back-to-back -back World War champs. Yeah, a bunch of people's fucking grandfathers had to die and watch their friends' arms get blown off. But back-to-back -back World War champs, baby! at what cost and so you see war is a giant gamble it, okay we're still bragging about world war ii that's one of the giant teaching points in united states history the class you can use it to indoctrinate people but vietnam is a gigantic window into how corrupt the united states military is i've read a couple books <laughs> it's not very hard to educate yourself there any movie any fucking i ain't no senator son listen to a song and you will realize how corrupt the military is in that 1970s so when we lose a war you get a peek behind the curtain about how bad this shit is and we've been losing wars consistently lately and which is why there is so much unrest not only that but i mean war like i just said is good for the state but bad for the populace so we've been at war for 20 years obviously that's going to take a toll on the society it's the same with terrorist attacks it's bad for the people who suffer but it's great for the state. There's this thing called like ALI and PILI. It's a CIA term for acknowledged and let it happen. They got a tip. Okay, there's going to be attack this day. Let that shit go down. These people need to be scared back into line a little bit. And then there's a PILI, which is a push to let it happen, which is a fucking CIA-sponsored terrorist attack. Operation Northwoods, there's a couple declassified ones. There was one that was just declassified about how Agent Orange, what we dropped on the Vietnamese rice farmers, we tested it on rural Canadian counties. Oh, we're great neighbors. We're cooking crop dusting our neighbors with war chemicals. Yeah, that's cool. 
So those terrorist attacks, terrible if you have to watch someone's leg get blown off. But, I mean, that happens to 30 people a year. But it's a great story to run on the media, the 24-hour news cycle, to instill fear in your populace anxiety and have them rely on the birth apparatus. You go back to daddy. You go back to your fucking birth apparatus. And when an empire naturally arises some terror is going to rise with it it's like if you get too big you're naturally going to have haters <laughs> america's the biggest nation ever we have the is the biggest grossing nation ever of course we're going to have haters and establishing a military in a beautiful land where people are radically religionized is not a great idea to live a peaceful existence we're asking for it it's very easy to unbrainwash yourself on this framing on the war on terror. If you've ever seen that Black Mirror episode, it's about how they have this facial technology which makes you see the terrorist as like subhuman or it was like a rat human it was basically. And it was about brainwashing the military into seeing the other as the enemy. The whole episode was about how the chip in this guy's brain malfunctions so he's seeing the enemy as people and he doesn't want to kill them. And so so then the other fucking soldiers are like, you have to kill them. They're the enemy. You're part of our team. And he's like, no, they're fucking people. Pretty good episode. <laughs> Let's do this thought experiment. I don't know if people are not brave enough or just want to be ignorant to this thought experiment. Say you were born in Syria and you know 10 people, your immediate family, your dad and his three wives, and you don't get any sort of formal education, you don't know how to read or write, but the only gift you've ever received at your 12th birthday was an automatic Kalashnikov, an AK-47, and you're told this was your one gift, I received it from my father, it's yours now, protect our homeland with this gift. I'd be like, holy shit, thank you, dad. I don't want anybody to come here and take our stuff. We have a beautiful life. And that's how you get sucked into terrorism. It's all about framing, man. They aren't terrorists. They're kids with zero opportunity who are given guns. It's fucking sad. So stop blowing them up and try to help them. So the state does not fear war. The state does not fear terrorism. It actually, Pile or Ele, encourages this shit to go down. Counterfeit or evasion of income tax. Is that a real fear of the state? No, it's an easy straw man. In France, they have fucking raison d'etre, which is you have to rebel to let the government know you're not a sheep. And the French, every like couple years, they lynch a bunch of tax collectors. There's always a debate question. You could see hours of debate on this online. Is it immoral to rob a tax collector? You're taking back what is probably being used to blow up a kid in a third world country and using it to maybe donate to a church or feed yourself. Is that immoral? I don't know. That makes for a good debate. Obviously, if you're fucking hurting this person, yeah, it's immoral. You're violating the nonviolence aggression. But if you could just slip your check out of his knapsack, out of his fucking robber sack of money, yeah, I don't see a problem with that. Government steal from the poor, give to the rich. So white collar crime does not threaten the state. They have the force and the narrative so they can spin it. Oh, those bad apples on Wall Street. But don't worry, we put the bad people away this time. <laughs> no more Wall Street crashes. It's all done. Dude, I saw it in my town. There were people who got bopped for insider trading. And these weren't like some Harley riding motherfuckers. These were guys aligned themselves with smart people who knew when to trade in the market. Illegal? Maybe. Smart? Definitely. So this chapter ends with the raison d'etre, and maybe that's why the boot on America's neck keeps getting tighter. It's because we don't do these 
Paris protests that they've been doing. We don't have the motivation. They've been in the streets for the past six months, 30,000 people strong. I don't know if this has anything to do with Notre Dame recently burning down. I'm sure there's going to be some conspiracies that come out. I'll keep my ear to the concrete on that one. But America, we're embracing the fact, just like the principal's office, bend over and take it in the ass. Pay your taxes, fucking go to jail if you smoke a joint. No drinking outside under the sun. Cool rules. So the state does not fear war. The state does not fear terrorism. The state does not fear white-collar crime. The state fears raison d'etre. It fears a populace with balls, a populace that knows that the government is your civil servant. We are not subjects to this machine. Second to last chapter, how states relate to one another. We're pretty deep in. You know by now, the nature of a state is to extend its power. It's a cancer. It's a continuous growth. Since we've let states divvy up earth like a pizza pie, now a large amount of the effort of a state is to just interact with other pre-existing ones. So not help your populace. It's play geopolitics and it's hard to do this when your natural tendency is to expand so the world is already cut up everybody has their land but you know the powers that be won't just say okay yeah let's stop and let's try to advance the human race not hmm i want a pipeline here fucking build a solar power we know you could get it from the sun stop dicking around stop taking our money and wasting it on tanks that burn more oil than my prius does in a year stop wasting our shit Look at China. China is so big right now, and we're not an imperialist world right now. You are not able to expand outside your borders during the next world war. It's going to be a fucking feeding frenzy. But right now, you have to expand inward, and this is exactly what China is doing. Every single GroupMe chat has a government agent in it, and they have extreme internet censorship. If you even mention Tiananmen Square, you get your internet you get your internet privilege revoked. Dude, what if my internet privilege was revoked because of something I said on this show? My right to try to pursue a career in comedy and entertainment would be taken away because I fucking put truth on the airwaves. That's bullshit. Does that scare anybody else that I'm getting a little too close to the sun, a little too much truth? Good. Real information is inflammatory, man. It's We're in a period of peace and shifting alliances, and these coalitions between states are always being negotiated. That's what states do. So the, the logical conclusion we're getting at, you got to abolish the states to abolish war. It's not going to fucking get rid of itself. Take action, people. Take action of your life. Take action of your community. And take action of this monster that we all let just run amok. The most restriction we saw on states in human history was through constitutionalism. This was the period in the 17 and 1800s when like the Magna Carta was being written in England and that was when that's where like John Locke and Thomas Jefferson got these ideas for the Bill of Rights the way to limit a government this was the last time humans were thinking that this is something we really need to do until right now international law was how people tried to limit states' forces' interactions with other nations. So the state would do, like, tariffs, which are things we don't get to vote on. No wonder Russians hate us right now. We have a trade siege 
on their people and their media. Like these people come to America and send money home to their struggling family in Russia. That's not made any easier by the phone call restrictions that we have on their nation and the fact that you can't watch Russia today so these people don't know what's happening in their home country and their aunt who's still over there because they didn't have enough money to get her out yet. It's still an immigrant country and when we make their country look like our enemy, look like fucking Drago from the Rocky series, when we make a character out of them, they don't like that. Don't turn them into a group to be demonized. If you take any law class, a lot of the big uh, precedent cases are from the 1800s and I mean, I'm talking about the international law cases because we're on that topic, I'm sorry. This is all about merchants and traders and how they had a code of neutral rights, which was I don't fuck with your goods, you don't fuck with my goods. This was the problem with pirates. That's why the War of 1812, we were like, Britain, you have too many pirates. If they keep stealing our shit, we're going to go to war with you. And Britain was like, put some fucking cannons on your boats. This isn't our problem. And then America was like, no, trade war. We're not giving you our tobacco and our cotton and our tea, which we used to be your colony, so it was yours for free. We're not trading with you anymore because all those pirates around your neighborhood. And Britain was like, fucking okay. We're coming to America and we're burning down Washington, D.C. And that's exactly what they did. No reason we didn't learn a lot about that in U.S. history because they want to graze over it. That was a big L for America. You don't want that one to be exposed. And then since then, we've been working with Britain a little bit more. We're like, all right, we're not going to put tariffs on each other. Let's trade. Bullets stopped flying over our borders. And now we're some of the biggest butt buddies on Earth, America and Britain. So the 1800s, when it was still a small government of guys being like all right so are we gonna let the government try to set trade tariffs and they tried it out in the 1800s and fucking obviously it didn't work but in the 1400s italy already had this figured out the rational man wants to trade like we learned homo economicus the more men trade the more men benefit the psychos in society that want to go into battle these people have existed some men are killers man you need these people in your tribe you want these people on your side it's a sociopathic tendency but you could call this person a mercenary as they did in 1400 Italy. These crazy versions of men, they were handsomely rewarded for doing a job that sane people don't want to do. It was just the rich Roman and then Italian at this later time, families would just hire mercenaries and be like, I need a force of 100 men to go siege this little castle in South Italy. And they're like, done, man. That's my job. I got you. Not, oh, I will do this for national pride. And then after I will salute the flag. No, you get a paycheck, clean up the bodies and go home. There's a pretty good quote here. You could read the book if you want. Short book. It was just about how then Italy then got rid of mercenaries as soon as the issue was revolved. So go destroy that tiny castle. I'll pay you out. And then go do whatever the fuck you want. Go travel the countryside, bang hookers, eat cattle, drink milk, whatever you want, man. Chill. Now, I talked about this two months ago. This is the first time in history that a nation has a standing army. In warring Chinese times against the Mongolians, they were only called to go out and fight and stop taking care of the farm in times of war. Just like in Rome, people were cobbling, brewing, fighting, doing any type of pursuit they wanted to, starting a family. There was no standing army. So if you wanted to be a killer, you could do that for a life. You could go be a mercenary, but it has nothing to do with your national identity. You don't have to relate, oh, I'm an American, so I get to go kill Middle Easterners. Man, if you want to sign up to be a mercenary, I know there's Blackwater. There's a lot of groups that you can go do mercenary work and fucking kill people on this globe and not be prosecuted for it. Go ahead. Stop killing people in the name of America. 
We learned today a government is subject to the 49%. You apparent 51% of people that want to be at war. I mean, this is all bullshit. Nobody in America wants to be at war. It's a fucking facade. You 51% of people that are deciding that we want to be at war right now. I don't care. Say you are the bank of JP Morgan. Go die in the Middle East. That's your decision. Stop fucking doing it under the American flag. I have an American flag hanging up in my room. I think this country was built on amazing things, but when testosterone-brained 20-year-olds get brainwashed into killing people in the Middle East in the name of our country and wearing our flag on their shoulder, that doesn't make me look good. An entrepreneurial kid that's going to try to sling jokes around the globe, stop making America look bad. We used to be the country everybody wanted to immigrate to. Come and party. Fucking $20 at the door, hot chicks, beer, drugs, Sugar Ray playing, fun of America. Come hang. Come one, come all. Nope no immigrants now now we're an anti-immigrant nation who wants to go to south america yeah south americans can't come to us but we're gonna go try to liberate you liberate them by letting them into our amazing society and helping them out so in these uh 1400 mercenary teams though generals also looked after their men more so you didn't see any d-days they didn't just sacrifice million of men's lives as a distraction they were like we're paying for all of these fucking mercenaries equipment and days on the clock we need to take out this enemy force swiftly and fast and so there were it was kind of more like a game and then the other general or rich family fighting this war would be like okay yeah we're both kind of invested here let's get this battle over with it's not like one of these state-sponsored wars where you get into the firebombing of civilian cities. Tokyo was on fire for years. We were just firebombing the shit out of them, killing their society, seeing how fast they could rebuild, and they, their buildings were made out of paper, so we decided to try different types of napalm. We were fucking with them. And then, not to mention the two nukes that we just dropped on them, like, hey, we built these, we're gonna fucking try them. When you had these systems of mercenaries, it would have been like, we're probably gonna have to pay a lot for using this nuke, let's save it for the next war. But when you have a state, they're like, yeah, it's going to make us look like some macho motherfuckers if we drop a nuke. So let's kill more people. There's a much more perverse incentive when you have a state. And so like I was just saying before, it's super dangerous to have a state be tied to your identity. I was like at 17 years old, I was brainwashed into thinking the American flag was my personality. I had it on all my shirts, on my shoes. I had it as the background of my phone, everything, man. I was like, oh, I'm the American cat. I want to join the military. It was because I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was giving way to the birth apparatus. It's safety. It's a smart decision if that's what you want to do. But we covered this. It's dangerous to let anybody hijack your identity. That's how you get lured into a cult. And sometimes I feel like getting out of the United States military was kind of like escaping a cult. So that's as deep as I'll go there. In this uh, Italy example, nobody ever had to fear war. You know, the mercenaries went off and then you got to live an anxiety-free life. I'm kind of scared because I was involved with all that military shit. If there is a world war, I'm going to be on the draft list. So you guys are probably going, hold the fuck up. You were so close to just joining the military and being part of this machine. Why are you so anti-war, Nick? Let me put it for you this way. Because when I was 18, a massive hemorrhaging multi-trillion dollar agency sent me a card in the mail saying that if they ever started a global conflict, I have to go fight it for them like they're mercenary. This organization that takes on more debt every year for trillions of dollars is the United States military. And that card that I was sent is my draft card. So guys, if you want to go fucking pick up a girl at a bar tonight, use this. 
When I was 18, a multi-trillion dollar agency sent me a card saying that I'm their mercenary on call. I could be gone tomorrow, babe. I guarantee that gets you laid, fellas. <laughs> if that gets any Nick's nonfiction listener laid, I consider the show a success. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true man same thing why am i so anti-war because i have to go fight this fucking banker war if we decide to invade venezuela these are serious costs why am i so anti-feminist you can shut the fuck up about equality until you are equally at risk at going to have to die in the middle east just because you have a clitoris you're exempt i don't think women should be on the battlefield that's a place for stupid men but don't argue that there's absolutely no difference for us then if you're not even willing to protect your country it's fucking contradictory and my life is on the line yours isn't so put your fucking life where your mouth is and instead of calling this mansplaining, I'm explaining how we are not equal. How are you explaining that we're not equal? Oh, $0.7 to the $1. Men choose jobs that make more money. We work on construction sites which kill ourselves for more money. You want to talk about equality? How about you also have to be in this fucking lottery that they pull balls from a fucking wheel like it's bingo to decide who has to go die for these bankers' wars? It's bullshit. So then, towards the end of the chapter, Mori was talking about how passports were originally made for Europeans to traverse borders during wartime. So Europeans were very used to just packing up and moving when their monarchy started an unwanted war. Because it happened every fucking hundred years. The 80-year war, the 100-year war, the French Civil War, the Napoleonic Wars. All the time, Europeans were just like... Yeah, something's about to go down. Right before World War II, we got a massive rush of European immigrants because people knew, yeah, shit's about to hit the fan here. But Americans have never had to leave before a war. Maybe because it's a big country. Maybe because there aren't these neighboring nations. Maybe it's because we're too ingrained in the system. All these lefties threatening to leave the country if Trump was elected... Well, why are you still here? It's about to be 2020. If Bernie doesn't get elected, I will put my money on Trump winning again. You're still going to be here, man. You're falling prey to your own love it or leave it argument. Ha! Huh. Libertarian, you want there to be no rules? If you want there to be no rules, why don't you go live somewhere where there's no rules? Love it or leave it, bitch. Yeah, this is Trump's America now, you lefty prick. Love it or leave it, bitch. And the fact is, libertarians actually have taken the initiative. If you've ever heard of the Free State Project... It's in uh, New Hampshire, and there's one in New Mexico as well. That's pretty coincidental, the two new states. They're up to like 50,000 people. It's a community. I don't know how they have approval from the government. I don't know how there aren't tanks surrounding the place, but it's an experiment. It's a free state project. And so you don't see lefties at uh, Caltech fucking setting up a communist society because in order to be a communist, as we learned today, you need to redistribute property. And those kids don't have any property to redistribute. So you got to seize the means of production. That's why those Che Guevara t-shirts fucking steal from the rich. That's not a fair form of government either. So these passports were able to help people get away from this love it or leave it argument. Either you're part of the 51% that voted for the chimp in power, or you're part of the 49% that dissents, and you can leave then. So the invention of the passport helped us gain more freedom as people and took power away from the crown. It showed this guy who decided to spend his life as a... <laughs> checking ids on a fucking imaginary line switzerland you want to come into my country i have to see your documents but this has opened up mentalities for people being able to see the other then you know you shouldn't demonize the other and so final argument here a good argument here 
and a scary one at this. Treaties and contracts have nothing in common. Take a law class. A contract transfers titles to private property. So I don't know if you guys are following the logic here. Remember the social contract? You Everybody's born and... I don't know if I missed it, guys. I didn't fucking sign a contract saying I have to give a third of my money away when I was a fetus in the hospital. Are you not telling me about this social contract? Granted, you buy into the social contract. We all have to donate to the apotheosis of society, which is the state. We know by now that's bullshit. We know by now the state is not the apotheosis. But this social contract, a contract transfers titles to private property. So what is being transferred here by this contract? Me. My labor. Libertarians believe in self-ownership. You are yourself and you are responsible for your actions. You guys buy into this social contract, which is you literally saying you are transferring your private property, your title, to the government. You are admitting that you are a slave to the government. You are admitting they have the right to take a third of your things from birth. You are admitting to original sin to the government. You are confessing when you join one of these two preordained parties. The Grand Old Party, or the fucking DNC, which colludes to keep the democratically elected person out of the main race. You are transferring the title of your own private property, yourself, and the fruits of your labor to the government when you agree to this social contract bullshit. It's not hard, man. Look up the definition of contract and then just extrapolate. Why am I signing a, co a social contract, a mutual agreement, whatever the fuck you want to call it? Nobody agreed. And that's the only way they would ever get your money because nobody would agree to this bullshit. Why would I agree to fucking give you a third of my money when you can call on me to go die in your war? I am your mercenary and I have to give you my money? Is this a little bit better of an argument? You're seeing how we're a fucking wage slave? I am a man in America. I pay 15% more on car insurance. I have to go to war if some banker wants to try to find oil in Saudi. Why would I ever sign that contract? When I was born in the Appalachian Mountain Train, which is part of some Quaker land that they decided to call East and West New Jersey, and now we just call New Jersey. So, some made-up place that'll probably be called something else in a couple hundred years. I had to give away a third of my wealth so that I could be part of New Jersey. No, I'm a fucking Appalachian mountain child, whatever that means. I'm just some like I was born in the Appalachian region of of planet Earth. When I'm traversing space, I'm not gonna tell people, oh, I was a New Jerseyite for 18 years of my life. No, I was, I'm some chimp born in the Appalachian region of planet Earth. Where the hell are you from in the galaxy? Let's do this. So you can only bequeath, big word there, you can only bequeath property in which you own. I'm sick and tired of this social contract argument, so let's fucking slam dunk it. You can only bequeath property in which you own. So can I rob a guy walking down the street and give his wallet to a homeless man and say, this was fair distribution. You were going to spend that money on cigarettes and sandwiches. I just tried to make that guy's life better with it. No. If I took your wallet and gave it to a fucking starving child who would have died, that is theft. I cannot take your thing. But when a government does it and uses my money to build a flying death machine to blow up a wedding in the middle of Syria and then send me a draft card saying I have to go use the death machine to blow people up, how is that me bequeathing them my private property? No, they're fucking taking it. They are taking your freedom. If you even have freedom to begin with, if you believe in this social contract mindfuck that they have you bent over at the waist to believe in. So how does the state relate? 
by continuing and cycling ideas <laughs> and tariffs. And I'm getting angry, so before I boil over, let's hit this last chapter. This has been a fun show. I'm, it's more serious. You guys are seeing my uh, views and how angry I get at being taken advantage of. We have here a chapter called History as a Race Between State Power and Social Power. Maury predicted this 80 years in the future. Right now, you see, it's a race between military power versus social power. Is it going to be Twitter who's going to brainwash us first, or is it going to be the military-industrial complex? It's looking more like these tech wizards on the left side. A common theme we're going to start the last chapter with. Mutually exclusive interrelations between men happen one of two ways. It's either peaceful cooperation or coercive exploitation. So it's mostly the former. Like we say, it's mostly fucking people just trading with each other. What do I have that could benefit you? What do you have that could benefit me? But then when two people's intellects don't match up, that's when you see the latter. When it's coercive exploitation. You have one guy who has something who knows, oh, this guy's a sucker. I'm going to get a lot more out of him than he's getting out of me. That's why these micro-dosing billionaires, they have the knowledge of the gods coursing through their brains every single day, aren't trading goods with us they're using coercive exploitation to addict us to social media this is why you gotta look at fucking instagram as a tool not a toy people are losing tens of hours of their life a week to this thing and it's because these ceos are much smarter than the masses they are coercively exploiting us they are not peacefully cooperating us like walmart i want a pizza i'm gonna go give you what five bucks walmart Twitter, I want to have a good time. Oh, come on our website for free. We'll only watch everything you do on the internet and sell your information. This is coercive exploitation. This is not a an American business. So that's that's like the government and corporation example. But you see this everywhere you go. It, this is what it's like to be a human. Are Is this person out to get me or are we chilling? I've done a good amount of dating in my days. So I've seen this in the difference between men and women. There is a constant coercive exploitation. It's all about manipulation. I'll give you an, an easy example first. As a man, if I, I'm in a social exploitation, like I do some customer service and I don't go with a, a hot girl's bubbly personality. Oh, how are you? They get sour because they more easily manipulate people throughout life. They are used to somebody else just going, oh, I'm doing good. Thank you. Oh, you're so cute. You're just supposed to fucking go along with it. They are controlling the narrative for a short period of time, so you can go along with it. Or if you're hip to this and you see the manipulation, you can go, mm, what does this bitch want? I know she's way too hot for me. Is she trying to get me to buy her a drink? Skepticism. <laughs> And I'm not saying this doesn't go both ways. Men are dick salesmen. Everywhere you go, it's just a guy, hey, can I introduce you in this nice piece we got going on here today? Just one time, one time only. <laughs> That's the entire dating landscape. It's the coercive exploitation. It's guys wanting to use their penis, and it's girls trying to negotiate dinners and titles and social status over their friends. Oh, my boyfriend over said penis <laughs> how much are you willing to go through and be able to hashtag a couple's picture <laughs> it's pretty obvious man this is why i mean that's my dating experience you can see coercive exploitation versus peaceful cooperation that's like a friends with benefit you you see another girl that's chill you're not trying to fucking take advantage of each other you both got some goods so let's see what's popping that's how a lot of the marriages that don't wind up in divorce actually wind up reportedly starting in today's society Pretty interesting. You don't want to fucking start by trying to 
coax somebody into a situation they don't want to be in. You should both be trying to have fun. So one of my biggest irks, you probably know this by now, is the thought that I am being taken advantage of and why this is just a game between men and women. And it's a game I like to fucking partake in. It's the game. <laughs> use your fucking sexual drive as motivation like i want to fucking succeed so that i could sling in the future sling dick that is not sling facts because i'm slinging facts and jokes right now <laughs> i'll do that shit forever but we gotta start slinging some dick <laughs> 22 it's not exactly coming in plenty so this is just a game between men and women and it's fun to talk about you know fucking shows about dating and everything are some of the most popular it's what women are most easily obsessed with men are most easily obsessed with career throughout life but when men go into this battle with other men it's either you know we're going to be peaceful cooperation or coercive exploitation it ends in three ways it's going to end in the trade it's going to end in one guy being manipulated or it's going to end in option three which is i kill you or you kill me which is why duels were so big throughout society which is why men still get into fist fights while we are being pussified as women do fucking control the social media and mainstream media right now you see it's hard it's gonna be hard to get into a fight and not go to jail within the next 20 years you can't even call people pussies anymore i'm not okay with that that sucks man that's like <laughs> that's one of the biggest words in my vocabulary so, you know, just like in the dating world, you see the friends with benefits or you see the coercive exploitation between men, women, anything. This peaceful cooperation versus coercive exploitation is everywhere. It's the people that go along with buying a girl dinner twice a week for a half-assed blowjob. You just have to have the balls to not be in this shitty job or not be with this shitty girl. And so the point about this peaceful cooperation, that's free trade. That's the free market. Coercive exploitation that's the government, that's this social contract, that's what you're being forced into. It's not freedom. You know that feeling of a day off where you didn't schedule anything? It's a free day. Am I going to take my motorcycle through the Rocky Mountains? Am I going to invite a girl to a billiards bar to play pool? Am I going to take an eight-hour psychedelic trip? Am I going to spend the entire day inside playing video games? Or... Am I going to seize the motherfucking day? Am I going to get a workout in? Am I going to write? Am I going to do an open mic? Am I going to improve myself? It's that feeling of that free day. It's yours to seize. It's yours to waste. It's whatever the fuck you want. That is freedom. And you can't have that feeling when there's a board meeting on Monday and you're expected to put on weekend hours because it's the busy season. Or, you know, the state, you're not allowed to drink a beer in this park on this beautiful mountain in Colorado because it's illegal. I'll carry my empties, bitch. Let me enjoy life. Your job and the state will always impede that fantasy of a free day. I don't know if anybody else, like, I'll spend some time at work thinking about if I win the lottery, but it's mostly like, ooh, that day off, man. What do I want to do? The world is mine. <laughs> Any of my favorite things, it's freedom. Oh, it's like the anticipation is just as good as the actual day off. I can't describe that feeling. It's priceless. And I, some of you are get that. It's like a little viral feeling. Making $100,000 a year, you're always going to want to make 200000 and then 300000 Those are numbers. That's the American dream. One sucker, two sucker, 300 million suckers sold on a fucking endless treadmill that will never make you happy. No matter how big the number in your bank account, it won't make your existence here meaningful. You got to do what you love. If freedom is what you love, fucking pursue it at all costs because it will grind against you to have to wake up and work towards somebody else's dream. Is my passion to serve people coffee every fucking day? No. 
absolutely not was the guy who started this coffee shops was his dream to serve coffee to the world maybe man so am i helping someone else's dream and service look at it that way if you want but don't look at it as a literal endless treadmill of potential money to be made that you can never have it all man and you'll never be happy if that's your end goal maury stated how social power is man's manipulation of natural resources so as we learned you mix your personal body with the natural resources your labor with the land to create a personal belonging and through social trade it always raises the entirety of quality of life state power is the exact opposite remember you need to have people who produce things in order to have people who fucking leech off of it and state power is the redistributive coercive parasitic seizure of production it's the business of redistribution like the mug or a fucking hobo for example that money never gets put to good use social power is power over nature state power is power over man so no wonder the most powerful state has 50% of the world's prisoners and 5% of the world's population. That's America, everybody. This isn't some Russian gulags. There's 300 million people in America, around 5 million people in prison, and there's only 10 million people prison in, in the entire world. How does that add up? And it doesn't. It adds up by us making money off of private prisons. So we're not making more money or better off for the fact that more people are in prison. Manifest Destiny, the booming market of the 1980s through the 1910s, shows how unfettered social power, a free trade, can lead to the most people being risen out of poverty in history. This is a stat you should commit to memory. People before 1860 on average, in count for inflation, made less than $1 a day. People lived in squaldering poverty for a majority of history up into 140 years ago. This is people's own production of the land they were living off of. No redistributive bullshit. And in 1900, poor people had vacuums because of the free market. And now poor people have iPhones because of the free market. Thanks to free trade. This isn't thanks to the income tax. The income tax didn't give us iPhones. The income tax gives us a war. Wake the fuck up, people. Let's go. We're leveling up. This is level two Nick's nonfiction. Five episodes in, we got a backlog. I got my fucking wheels back on hosting this bitch. <laughs> You're all along for the rides. <laughs> I'm not going to be talking to a blank slate here. And the last pages of Maury's book here, he was stating how the state is now armed with the fruits of man's creative power. In his time, he was referring to Ford and Carnegie and J.P. Morgan. You saw how they set up the fucking Federal Reserve on Jekyll Island in the middle of the night when nobody got to vote on it. This is like something that should have very easily and could have easily been taught in public education, but then you would know that the state is full shit. Just Google creation of Federal Reserve. It's all you have to do to shatter this entire illusion. And Maury was saying these corporations who have forward-thinking CEOs, these are the people in our society who make it the furthest. No, this company isn't big enough. A million dollars? I want to start a monopoly. These are sociopaths. These are people that don't stop. And the CIA is now using funding to co-opt geniuses just like Jeff Bezos, just like they did Steve Jobs. You, 
just like they're trying to Elon Musk by sieging his stock. We learned the Fed has a death grip on the market. It's how a state holds power. Elon Musk is not cooperating with, you know, car regulations for Tesla, space regulations, and working with NASA for launches. They don't like him. He is a rogue agent, and they try to devalue his stock sometimes, like you saw on the friggin' Joe Rogan show, when he drinks whiskey completely legal and then smokes weed completely legal, and his stock drops by like 30%. It did shoot back up after, so I made a little bit of money because I knew that was all orchestrated. It's all an appearance. And so we see, even today, Bezos corrupt, Jack Dorsey corrupt, Zuckerberg was grown in a CIA lab. That one's not even questionable. We see the limits on the state have failed as Maury ends the book. Sat into a book, usually a sat into an empire, so let's educate ourselves moving forward so we don't only have to learn through hindsight, we can have an idea for what we can do when this fucking thing collapses so anytime we put limits on the state the founding fathers gave us 10 rules and we broke all 10 so let's go over the bill of wrongs the anatomy of the state and how the state will always break its chains number one freedom of speech we all have freedom of speech right hell no we don't anymore (laughs) i was just about to say the n-word but there you go it's over man this video will be censored demonetized and nick will no longer exist on the internet no more hairy shit no more nick's nonfiction. you're done alex jones was just unpersoned he was taken off of instagram twitter facebook all that they're trying to use him as the deplatforming example they said once we go after alex jones then anybody else can be fucking deplatformed it's 1984 they are unpersoning people i did mention before how in america they're trying to set these up but in canada they have these civil rights trials and so it's used for one of the court cases we learned about in the 60s it was called the avert your eyes laws to the the avert your eyes amendment to the first amendment in the court case was about a kid who was standing behind a punk rocker who had a jacket that said fuck you some oversensitive mom was like i'm taking you to court my child saw the f word welcome to the world once you're outside of your home you're in the jungle so fucking get your kid ready at this time in the 1900s the supreme court was fairly liberal and they were like it's called avert your eyes dipshit if you don't want to see the words fuck you look a foot to your left or a foot to your right nobody's forcing you to look at this but now we see things like in 2011 the fbi got caught infiltrating a mosque not infiltrating bugging and not just bugging There was a guy pretending to be a Muslim, a FBI agent, and he finally got caught because one of the Muslims were like, do you know any of the prayers, bro? Why are you here? And they took him to the Supreme Court after they found out he was an agent. That's against our freedom of religion. Part of the First Amendment, you were thinking, oh, nobody gives a fuck about the freedom of religion. Religion's dying anyway. (laughs) Even that one that nobody gives a fuck about the government is still breaking and then there's things like the sedition act which was in the 1910s saying how you're not allowed to pass out anti-war propaganda it's considered treason you could be put to death if you're caught passing out like anti-war pamphlets the guy was yeah freedom of speech is out the window two gun rights slowly and surely being taken away you see in california and illinois and like i said there's a scab a third world war zone going on in the the middle of chicago meanwhile they have the harshest gun laws yeah how's that working out you see there's these like miracle vans that they find in the middle of chicago that have m5s (laughs) ar-15s and like m2 grenades and like literal military grade weapons and some gang will find it be like these bloods ain't know what's coming no more shit man 
<laughs> Meanwhile, it was a black site. A couple of these have come to fruition in Chicago. It's a CIA site where they incite like in the 60s they were pushing coke onto the streets these vans that they find heavily suspect those are fucking raytheon and remington produced weapons where else are they coming from this war zone is being propped up within but anyway uh gun rights being taken away after hurricane katrina 2005 there was a supreme court case about how (laughs) the city of katrina while everyone was evacuated the government went through everybody's homes saying they were looking for survivors and they confiscated everyone's guns without asking. After Katrina, you know, everyone's like, holy shit, I'm staying in the stadium while everything tries to get deflooded. The government was out there stealing people's guns. They don't want you to have these things. If it's the middle of an apocalypse scenario, it's if it's a hurricane, they will send people out to take your guns. When it's most vulnerable, there's no one at home to shoot you. They are all out. Go take their guns right now. That was a last-minute call. Some scary shit. The Quartering Act, number three. I would say civil asset forfeiture is enough of an example or the eminent domain, which is where the government just takes your shit. But the Quartering Act is where, like, oh, the government will never have people stationed in your house during a time of war. Every single home war that America has had, the War of 1812, the Civil War, both of those we stationed troops inside of people's homes unwillingly during world war ii the aleutian islands which is one of our territories we knocked all the people out of their homes and told them the the soldiers were using the houses for like a couple months you don't hear about that one ever and i mean if this was the trend obviously if there is a war on our turf the government would be like you have to do your diligence as an american let these smelly soldiers fucking eat all your food and stay in your house um I didn't start this war. I don't want to be involved in enemies coming up and trying to get soldiers at my house. So you guys started this war. You guys could figure it out yourselves. (laughs) I shouldn't have to thank you for not fucking giving me a death sentence. Number four, unreasonable search and seizures. Obviously, we don't have privacy anymore. Forget about this one. Snowden proved that we are being surveilled, live streamed every second of the day. Every single phone call that comes over American borders is recorded for quote-unquote security purposes 1961 to 1965 abraham lincoln was wiretapped you could go read about that there's old stories oh watergate oh russiagate even obama was the one who was found to have microphones hidden in trump tower new york no wonder the left wing is pushing the blame saying you were colluding the spy point the blame on someone else when you were caught doing it but you control the media so no one called for justice on you fourth amendment out the window fifth no double jeopardy or you can't make someone be a witness against themselves in a lot of stalking cases people are always put on trial multiple times so there goes double jeopardy and i'm not gonna be out here defending stalkers but how many crazy bitches have you heard say oh my god god he's like obsessed with me i think he's like driving by my house that night like i definitely have seen his car bitch if you say that to a government agent i will be investigated and swatted out of my home please keep your crazy conspiracy theories about men that you fucking masturbate to to yourself thank you sweetie if that's a little too uh zany of an example for you How about last year? A Supreme Court justice was put on the stand to testify against himself about his old high school calendars. In the Supreme Court, the judiciary branch where we're supposed to look up to the law as this thing that keeps us all safe from criminals, 
A justice was put on the stand to testify against himself about shit that he was writing down. And this is some shit that I do. I write everything down. So that scares me. People are going to be going, oh, it says in your journal here, you hooked up with this girl on this night. That definitely proves that you took advantage. No. It proves what I did that night. It proves that we went to a party. It doesn't prove that you hired these people to fucking go after Kavanaugh and say they raped him. Fake allegations happens all the time. It's why we had a constitution to protect ourselves, but it's deteriorated with every Supreme Court case by these tyrants. <laughs> it's a show. That Kavanaugh thing, it's because they were passing a net neutrality amendment. They switched that. You remember Ajit Pai came and stressed the world out and then dipped? They were amending that bill a little bit more to make it more powerful. And so that's why that whole Kavanaugh show was happening. We have to talk about women. We have to talk about women being harassed. It's the biggest problem right now been happening for millions of years are you gonna let it ruin your life i've had my penis touched by homos when i'm at bars it's not fun are you gonna let it ruin your life and be your identity no move on six a speedy trial remember uh dred scott he's the poster child for this this is like the simple case you learned about it's a guy that spent 37 years in a southern jail off of an accusation so he didn't even commit the crime and yes yeah, spending 24 hours in a cell for having a joint which can be reduced to 10 seconds, which is, oh, look, another adult enjoying themselves. Bye. Number seven, trial by jury. The Sally May loans, FAFSA, all those loans they give out through the Department of Education. There's no trial when you default on those loans. Student loans are some of the only loans that they won't let you default on, and if you die, they'll make your kids pay for it, or your family, or some distant relatives you didn't even know you had, the government will find to make those loan payments while you are in a cage. And the reason that you're just thrown in a cage and you don't actually get a trial of jury by your peers like you're supposed to in America is because the powers that be, the state knows, if you had 12 people just like you with student debt on a jury, they're obviously going to help forgive your debt because they know this massive society funneled you into second education without any means to pay for that. And I know I'm slipping towards the Bernie Sanders loan forgiveness. I do not support that. I just don't think everybody should go to college, but everybody's being forced to pay these loans that you didn't have the choice to. That's your, that breaks our Seventh Amendment, the Bill of Rights. And then to finish this Seventh Amendment, do you know how they actually, I'm a criminal justice major, it was cool to have some liberal professors and some conservative ones to try to spin this, how it's totally okay for attorneys to do this, but picking a jury, a jury really isn't just a random handful of peers of Americans, the defense and the prosecuting attorney do a fucking dodgeball schoolyard pick of a pool of like a hundred jurors per case and so they interview you you know you could just go there and be like this is a nice building i'd like to burn it to the ground you ever see that guy in that weird black judge costume i'd like to shoot him just say some stuff like that so you don't have to go through jury duty and you get your five dollar check for showing up obviously they're not going to pick you but if um i was talking to one of my coworkers, he was summoned for jury duty and the case was about how a guy wasn't turning his music off and he lived in an apartment complex and so my coworker said to the attorney was like i don't give a fuck if this guy was playing music i would have just put earbuds in and went to sleep the attorney was like yeah i do not need you i'm trying to put this guy in prison and so it's very very stacked how the jury they try to put so the conservative professors would be like, yeah, there's seven good, seven on one team and seven on the other. And then the liberal professor would be like, this is an opportunity to get the ACLU in on your jury during a tough case. 
But as we see, in most cases, the jury is stacked to convict. It's these people with no fucking time who are grumpy and will actually volunteer to sit in a courtroom for 40 hours instead of making money. That's not logical. Those are the people on the juries. Students get thrown in prison without a, without trial by jury. A slew of cases of black guys. You know, you could just Google black guy doesn't go to jail, and Google will shove stories down your throat. Liberal media! Liberal media! America not even! Black man hurt! You know, there's plenty there if you want to go look into it. My point, I'm digging a little deeper than black man hurt! It's trial by jury does not really exist. What do we have next? Ninth Amendment? The fucking enumeration clause? The language goes... The enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. So what this is supposed to mean, the enumeration clause, is that whatever the fucking government technically doesn't have a law in the books about is up to the people to decide. And you know, when the Founding Fathers made this thing, there were only 10 restrictions on the government, so then the rest was just, like, up to the people. You lived on your farm, you weren't being watched over 24-7 like we are with these police forces and security cameras. And now you see 40 amendments, some of them that are working against us. Obviously, the first 10 have totally been turned against us. Take this one. The right to anonymous political speech. That is being chipped away at every day. Websites like Reddit is almost dead to me i was on reddit for like four years and now it's <laughs> one of my favorite places on the internet was the conspiracy subreddit and it's blatantly obvious how it's been infiltrated and all the top stories are left wing right wing where the hell are my area 51 abductions and 9-11 stories i want some saucy truth i don't want some propagated bullshit reddit that the government does not like that it is an anonymous platform they are now targeting that and we remember yik yak yik yak was the anonymous twitter it was a fucking powerhouse of an app they could have been as big as snapchat or twitter was but during the height of their popularity they required users to make an account and everyone's like no this was supposed to be anonymous there's great value in anonymous forums I'm out. And Yik Yak ain't doing so hot. You probably don't even know what Yik Yak is. That's how big you could fuck up when you take away anonymous speech. And that's what our government's trying to do. And then people left Yik Yak. Hopefully people will leave America and start a free state project. And go grow the free state projects that are in America. Freedom to not associate is being chipped away at. I'll give you an example to get mad at first. The posh white gated communities. Where the immigrants will be moving into their neighborhood. The lefties are trying to force immigrants into, like, Midwestern flyover states so the right wing doesn't like that. And then the right wing, you see Trump goes, <laughs> The new sanctuary cities are New York, L.A., and Chicago. Oh, the biggest liberal cities, you could take all your liberal immigrants. Because, you know, Democrats just want to ship in all these immigrants because they're going to vote left look at it objectively and so then the right is trying to house them in the city and then the city is trying to house them in the beautiful breadbasket of america let's be real in 2050 a lot of americans aren't gonna like it when it's not a white nation anymore and that sounds bad we have a racial history where you can't say things like that that's all fucking fake it's more likely my grandfathers died on the union soldier battlefield than owned slaves as the 0.1 percent so that's an easy window in how the freedom of association is being chipped away. You cannot have an all-Muslim country club anymore. You're going to have some beta white male little cuck that's like, Um, I identify as a Muslim and you guys have to let me be part of your religion. Just like those civil rights trials I was talking about in Canada, freedom of association, not going to be around much longer. Freedom from ID cards, that's way gone. Freedom to know government actions. 
that is actively pursued against. That's the enumeration clause. And then the 10th Amendment on this Bill of Wrongs we have in America. The powers not given to the state reside in the people. Short and simple, right? (laughs) What about all of unconstitutional federal agencies that are wasting our money that we did not approve to use this money on that extra money is obviously residing in the state we don't get a much fatter tax return because they didn't spend they always spend more so i looked up some of these fucking ridiculous committees there's some like the committee for the implementation of textile agreements so just like i was saying how merchants used to trade in medieval times without the committee for the implementation of textile agreements unnecessary give me a little bit of a refund council on environmental quality do we not have an environmental protection agency that seems redundant let's consolidate if this was a business we could save money here scary one the domestic policy council say those words again domestic policy council isn't the domestic policy supposed to be the process of democracy we all get together and see what we want to be our domestic policy no we have a domestic policy council who decides what we're going to think about what news stories we're going to talk about and how we're going to trend as america as a nation this year ableism next year lgbtq people in america want to talk about their cat on the internet and make funny jokes that's what people do on the internet and the domestic policy of this is like the thought department in 1984 we pay for them to exist and you can look up online there are thousands of these multi-million dollar agencies of our money that are just being wasted to usually work against us either spy on us or pretend to do something meanwhile it's probably just a friggin write-off for some senator to be able to take a trip to milago in the middle of the year oh committee for implementation of textile agreement yeah i'll sign off on that just give me a fat trip done that's democracy for you and that's our bill of wrongs this is why i said a couple months ago the founding fathers would the second they got out of their graves take a piss and if they heard nick's nonfiction bill of wrongs take a fat steamer on the steps of the white house man and you say the pledge every morning to what what are you saying it to you're not saying it to a constitution anymore you're not saying it to a populace that actually wants to get along they want to point fingers and laugh at the other side because now they have control of them every other four years (laughs) it's just like a manic depressant cycle you get really happy for four years when your guy's in office and then for four or eight when the other guy is you go into a deep slum get the fuck out of the slum and do something about it talk about it and realize you were pushed into this system in my high school they bought a voting registry booth in which i guess you could say is good because you know you're doing kids i know half the kids even in my high school wouldn't even leave their house to go register to take part in democracy that's most americans people so why are we fucking giving them the right to say over my money but the point about that high school thing was i registered republican because they didn't even mention that there was something other than the two parties there man what was i supposed to do you pick what your parents are that's what 90 percent of americans ideas come from we learned today most men do not come up with their own ideas you find an information outlet and then you trust it usually a church usually a family usually a school or education system sometimes a cult sometimes literature you can find on your own that's what the founding fathers did they were reading john locke they were reading old greek philosophers the magna carta all this type of shit about freedom and it's been corrupt because nobody has done the checkup nobody has been looking at the system and thinking is this really what we intended murray 
Thank you for taking us this far. Murray ended the book by saying more inquiry is needed to what a free society will look like. Yes. So you all are going, Nick, these past hours you were talking about getting rid of the state and our protective police force. You know what you sound like? The motherfuckers who are saying, but what are we going to do when there's no more slaves? The cotton gin gets invented. <laughs> Something humans do better than anything else is adapt. We're going to find other shit to do. Ways to protect ourselves that isn't surrendering our money and not knowing where it goes. So be on the right side of history. It is the same argument you're making. People are being taken advantage of right now, just like slavery. And so saying there needs to be some other system in place first before we can free the slaves is asinine. That is backwards logic. You need to undo the wrong first and foremost. It's like every 30 minutes someone punches you in the penis. <laughs> and instead of killing this guy that's punching you in the penis, you just wear a cup. And this is the Democrat and the Republican Party. They're fighting for instead of a 33% tax, a 30% tax. But both of you guys are just getting punched in the dick minute after minute, year after year, tax return after tax return, election after election. <laughs> Just have a little bit more foresight rather than wearing the jock strap, getting rid of the jock. And so Murray ended the book here perfectly how most libertarians have to end conversations because we're arguing for what is right, not creating a new model for your life of what's going to happen after that. And so I can't just end this on such a high note. We are friggin' burning right now. So let me let me talk it down a little bit here. Nick's nonfiction. Thank you guys for tuning in for another month. This was a crazy ride that I just took you all on. And I deal a lot with this in my life. People who are very hard aligned with one of the two political teams will question libertarianism. They'll be like, what is this doctrine you're talking about? I think I was doing right. I don't care what you think. Are you married to this animal farm of fucking predetermined ideas or are you ready to be present and defend your logic so you got to be curious and want to learn to make it to these next levels of logic and it's tough to have the same conversation with someone who's saying you know vote for bernie sanders here in denver you see tons of bernie stickers but you don't see a lot of anatomy of the state or any of these people reading at least a 50 page book about economics to understand the difference between redistribution and productive value that's a good base to get down before you vote for bernie sanders not to mention bernie won't even let out his tax returns because he probably doesn't pay any and he's offering away my 50 of my wealth come on man i gave plenty of examples today everything he talked about related to things that are happening in today's world this writing transcends time this is powerful literature guys go back and listen if you need to i highly suggest reading the book this is some plato lock level shit we just went over so it's a lot it could be a huge truth bomb you got to pick those bits of brains up off the floor and put them back together and you'll have the chance to put them back together better than it was previously. So if you really want to take a look behind the red curtain, that is the show, the WWE of politics, Murray's got you and I've got you here on Nick's Nonfiction. But we'll just do these maybe once or twice a year because it's overwhelming. This is a comedy podcast. I've considered like making this my main topic, trying to just fucking convince people of truth. And who knows, maybe down the line we shift a little bit and we get a libertarian comic out of this next month in honor of this the ebb and flow of the show remember we are going to be going over a hero's book of mine 
and a perfect time of the year to read this June. People are going on vacations, you know, it's a natural time to travel. We are going to be going around the world with Anthony Bourdain. I have read one, so I'll be rereading it, and then we'll have even more fun stories to go over. Anthony Bourdain's Kitchen Confidential. The story of his come up sweating and slaving in shitty kitchens across America. And that's going to do it, guys. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you for sticking to the end of the show. And thank you for having an open mind more than anything. That's more than a lot of people can say, and you're better off for it. We'll be back next month with Anthony Bourdain's Kitchen Confidential here on Nick's Nonfiction. Thank you, guys. Love you so much. See you then. Peace.